Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Pedersen one-on-one in on Falk. Pedersen drags, shoots, scores! 15 seconds to go in overtime, and Pedersen finishes a three-point game and a come-from-behind overtime win for the Vancouver Canucks. 3-2, to two, there was 15 seconds to go in overtime. A lot of our best players not doing the job. I guess they don't care about the team, I don't know. Let's get nasty on a Friday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stoltz. Appreciate you joining us on this Friday afternoon in St. Louis and some absolute fire coming out yeah, of the Battle Hawks with a big win. Battle baby. Hawks did win, baby. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, we'll you get to AJ them. AJ McCarron had to say after the game? We're natural born winners. Deal yeah. with it. It was unbelievable. Something I mean, to that effect. I, watching the post game for the Battle Hawks yeah. and, uh, you know, talking about winning and let's go St. Louis. Sure. Hey, it got me, man. Yeah, I'm it sure it did. That was this before or after you watched the Blues post game, Jamie? What post game? Mm, yeah. What? What happened after the Blues game? I got my eye on you. Yesterday, so I want you to break down the last drive for the Battle Hawks, including the game-winning <laughs> yeah, field goal. No, we'll get to it. No, we'll I mean, get to it, Jamie. I think the there s- might be more urgent that slash pressing down things. Call mm-hmm. uh, right before they scored the field goal. I was a little yeah. curious as to what they were trying to accomplish. There. Right. Why don't you tell me what that was? Sure. Spread the field. Mm-hmm. Get the ball out as quickly as possible to prol. That was basically the idea and should be in every fourth yeah, quarter. Shouldn't the defense on the other team be aware of that as well? Yeah, but because I was a little curious as to how that was you know, easily done like that. Yeah, not as easily done as the Canucks showed you in their 2-0 comeback last night. Anthony, how about Donnie? Donnie Hagman kicking the game-winning field goal for the Battle Hawks. Yeah. Well, Donnie, too, he's a good interview following the game, yeah. too. Lots of great post-game, post-game stuff game. from the Battle Hawks. I wish there was some sort of transition with Donnie, but I don't think there's an NHL player named Don. Donnie. So. Donnie, Donnie, Donnie. You guys done? Yeah, go ahead. You guys ready to dive into this? Go mm. ahead. Last night, Jamie, you and I were having a conversation about athletes, and we got it from Stephen, a mic drop from Stephen for the biggest question of the day. And the question was essentially, is there a disconnect between players and fans, especially ones that are making a ton of money or, or demanding a ton of money like a guy like Lamar Jackson, who has every right to as a free agent to ask for whatever he wants to, and the Ravens or some other team may eventually pay it. But the question was kind of centered on, do these athletes even realize what it takes for the common fan to even get to a game to support their favorite team, and then they're asking for $250 million. And you and I talked a lot about the difference between the top end of the pay scale and the bottom end of the pay scale and how there is a bit of a disconnect jamie between not only the top of the pay scale for those players and the fan base but as we're learning now jamie maybe there's a little bit of a difference too from the top paid guys (laughs) to the bottom paid guys inside the locker room you ever watch oh i don't know a sporting event 
And as it's happening, you go back and you go, you and your big dumb mouth. <laughs> you and your big dumb mouth. That's exactly what I thought last night as I'm watching that game unfold and having dove deep into the biggest question of the day of, you know, sometimes there's a disconnect between the top paid guys. They don't mm-hmm. get how hard the bottom guys have to work. Right. Yeah. Mm. Well, good. I mean, good Good for you, though, Jamie, because Alexei Torpchenko essentially said the same thing last night in, the, in his post-game comments. Yeah. It kind of started there with Torpchenko facing the media following the 3-2 loss in overtime. This is what Alexei Torpchenko said that the team needs to play with. Even where, if we are not on the playoff spot, like I will do everything because it's a hockey game. You don't, you cannot leave, especially when you're playing like in the NHL. You're not playing like somewhere else on a beer league or something like that. You need to show something. You need to show her- character and like be strong everywhere. Play from your heart. I mean, like especially for me, like it looks like this game was like worst of like all my life. How the team played today. I don't know what's going on, but especially for fans, you 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 cannot you cannot play like that. You like I said, you need to play like for fans, for yourself, especially and like for everybody from the team. Like because team is like just one family. It's not only about one guy, and like you need to be like the part of it and uh, show some like respect to each other. The other the other thing that we talked about last night in that biggest question of the day discussion that we had was how certain players I had mentioned this I was shocked when I first got into the media business how some players just viewed it as a job this is a job I don't I'm not worried about watching other NHL games I don't care it's it's I I happen to be pretty good at this somebody's willing to pay me let's play games and how fans and I I was like this as a young fan struggle with that notion because you want your players the ones that you root for to be as emotionally tied and invested to every game like you are. And JR opened his piece, Jeremy Rutherford for The Athletic, opened up his piece, I thought, in a way that truly captured what it was like to, as a fan, listen to Alexei Torpchenko's comments last night. This is JR's opening statement. He goes, if you call Enterprise Center on Friday looking to buy an Alexei Torpchenko number 13 Blues jersey, they might be on back order. With the indication, obviously, that fans are going to love what he said. How could you not? Well, it's not just what he said. It's how he plays. So you look at that performance last night by Alexei Torpchenko. He's blocking shots. He's limping around. A two-minute-plus shift. Couldn't get off the ice. Scores a shorthanded goal, running guys over. And then he comes out and says that? Well, yeah. Yeah, I'm sold. And then he was the first guy on the ice for practice today, reportedly. So he stands there and he says all the right things after playing a game with his hair on fire. And then shows up the following day for practice and is one of the first guys, if not the first guy on the ice. So leadership comes from a lot of different people. When you're, when you're on a, a team, okay? And it's not always the guys with the letters on their jerseys. not always the guy that has 8 to 10 years experience in the league. Leadership, natural-born leaders, they just lead. And I feel like Torfchenko's a natural-born leader. Like, he doesn't have a shut-off switch. 
this is this is what I do. I compete. I work my butt off, and that's it. You should do the same. Pretty much the message. Mm-hmm. I was a little shocked. Uh, there's a protocol that goes into a lot of these post game um, media scrums. Most of the time, the young players wouldn't be left there to talk to the media following a crumble like that last night. So credit to the Blues or point the finger at somebody who made a mistake. I don't know. Well, we got a, we got a backstory. So we got a backstory on that too. In in Jr's piece for the Athletic, he noted that you got to get the request in. Yeah. Before the game is over, and how it was a perfect storm last night. They were up 2-0. It looked like the Blues were going to win. And who would you have wanted to talk to in that game if the game was going to play play out the rest of the way yeah. like it started? You would, of course, wanted to talk to Jordan Bennington, uh-huh. Tyler, Tucker, Tyler Tucker, first NHL goal. and Alexei Torbchenko. So the request was put in. Those three players were the ones that were available to the media. And the guys that are now under scrutiny, Robert Thomas, who joined opening drive today. You'll hear a little bit from him. Credit to him. Jordan Cairo, Braden Shen. Those were the guys that were not available. So that is how that happened. And it wound up, again, being a bit of a perfect storm, Jamie, because you got the comments yeah. by Torbjanko. <clears throat> well, that's okay. So that explains a lot. Yeah. Um, but you know what? It is what it is. Like, here's the thing. Here's what I look at. We're going to dive into this all day long. And by the way, we've got the head coach himself, Craig Berube, coming on at 3 o'clock today. So you're not going to want to miss that. Um, you know, Don't know exactly what direction we'll go in with Craig Berube, but there's certainly a lot to talk about. There is. There's a lot. Let's dive into what Craig Berube said next. As Jamie mentioned, a little slow yeah, play today because we're, we're going to be diving into I have into a lot this. to say about this. I have a lot of my own personal experiences and reactions to everything that I witnessed here last night and some of the, you know, the handful of games that we just watched. Jamie's observations, Jamie's thoughts, his personal feelings on this. We also want to hear from you. What what was the number one thing you learned from last night? You're watching the game, or maybe you just caught wind of the comments that were made by Alexei Torp- Torpchenko or Craig Bruby, who again will join us at 3 o'clock. What did you learn most last night in how that game and the and the post game unfolded? Leave us a mic drop via the 101 ESPN Sports app. We'll mix in your mic drops as well. But Jamie's observations and his experiences, we'll also hear what Barubi had to say because he didn't mince any words. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Guys, what I noticed last night was Torpchenko was a beast. He was all over the place. And I was looking for Kairu to show up. I just didn't see him. What happened? That was Jonathan leaving us a mic drop. We want to know from you, what it, what was the thing that you most learned from last night, the game and or the post-game comments? Because there's a lot of different directions we can go here. With Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. We talked about Alexei Torpchenko's comments following the game and as Jamie and I were talking about it was a perfect storm 
that Torpchenko even talked to the media last night. Normally, you don't see guys like that. Normally, you see players with you know con- good contracts or players that are maybe in the midst of of good stretches, bad stretches. You typically don't see. We usually get the veteran guys. Too. Yeah, you get the, right. You get veteran players. Your captains or veterans, whatever. But the Blues were ready to win a game last night against the Canucks until they they collapsed and lost in overtime, but it was so the collapse was so late that the media had already requested okay, Torpchenko, yeah. Alexei Torpchenko, Tyler Tucker, and Bennington. So, again, it was kind of set up perfectly to hear those, those comments. Do you really feel like it was a collapse? Yeah. Because I watched the game in its entirety. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a collapse. The dam just finally broke. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You put it that way, Jamie. That's well said. Because you were being outshot almost two to one in that game. Jordan Bennington had to be ungodly good again for the entire game, and finally the dam just broke. Yeah. So uh, well said. For me, it's not a collapse so much as it was just a bad game as a team. And it caught up to you. It caught up to you. Sure. And now uh, you made some mistakes towards the end of the game where. You'd like it back. And the one thing that, you know, maybe most people didn't realize when they saw it, but now if they go back and watch the last oh, minute of the game, two minutes of the game when they had the goalie pulled, the Blues could have iced that game. Mm-hmm. Two guys made very unselfish plays that cost you the game. And that, usually you don't say that. You're like, why? An unselfish play and it cost you the game. Yeah. Pavel Buchnevich had an opportunity to shoot at the open net. And he tried to stick handle one more time to get somebody else the puck. Braden Shen also had the puck where he could have scored. But he tried to get the puck to Robert Thomas so he could score. Well, both those opportunities failed. Then, fast forward, you come down and they score after. So ordinarily, you're patting the guys on the back with the, hey, good teammate, trying to get the guy. When you're losing and things are bad like this, that's when I need a guy to step up and say, get, get me the puck, I'll score it. So... That right there kind of screwed things up, too, at the end of the game. No, great observation. Jamie, do you want to hear from Barubi, or do you want to dive into some of your Let's hear from your experiences? first, please. So Alexei Torpchenko says what he did, and, of course, Craig Barubi was asked, following the, the postgame comments, what he thought. Let's start off with Barubi on the young players playing good, and then there's a bit of a transition. Torpo had an outstanding game. Tucker, Bucci had an outstanding game. Benner, you know, we have some guys that are, you know, it's not, we have a lot of guys competing. Like, there's a handful of guys really competing and doing the job. But, again, you know, our best players aren't even close. So he was more measured at this point. But as the postgame comments started to intensify, this was Barubi's response when he was asked, should players be happy to have a guy like Torpchenko on the team? They should be very, very happy that we got this guy on our team and that he's laying it on the line. And they should be inspired by it, and they should go out and play inspired. Our best players don't play with any passion, no emotion, and no no inspiration at all. They don't play inspired hockey. You cannot play in this league without emotion, grit, being inspired. They're getting paid lots of money, and they're not showing, they're not doing the job. End of story. That's it. Your thoughts, Anthony. <laughs> he ain't lying. <laughs> so, look, I'm sure Craig Berube, knowing him like we do, Jamie knowing him like you do, I'm sure that Craig Berube, this this right here, is not the tip of the iceberg. 
The comments that he made last night, I'm sure, are based on frustration stemming from the fact that he has tried to get this message across to the players that are not competing. And there's only so many times you can say it as a coach, as a teacher, as a parent, before your own frustrations start to boil over. I'm sure that the players that he is targeting with his comments didn't hear this for the first time. And if you if you missed any of the comments, and we will get to some of them for, from the practice today, one of the things that Bruby said was, yeah, he, he didn't regret anything that he said last night. It needed to be said. Now the question becomes, what happens from here? Yeah, um, so much to unpack. It's like you got to write down chronologically how – how to attack all this, but stream of consciousness, just go. Yeah. So as a former player, like, you know, you know, when guys are, are faking it. And what I mean by that is, you know, when guys truly, truly care and are emptying the tank and you know, when guys aren't, there's no hiding from another player, the players and the coaches see it plain. It's clear as day. The fans and other people and even media members, sometimes they can't see it or it takes them a long time to spot it. There has been things going on all season long. I can tell you that right now with different players at different times. And with some players, it's been the same stuff all the time. It came to a head last night. Based on losing right now overall for your team and not being in the playoffs and now your GM is liquidating all of the assets he can get returned for, it starts to sting a little more. It starts to become a lot more visible to, you know, the coaching staff, the players, and now even the fans. You know, fans aren't dumb. Sometimes they don't necessarily know exactly what they're looking for, but they know that what they're watching ain't right. And especially here in St. Louis, people are perceptive. And people who listen here and watch on, on ballets and do all that, like they're picking up what's going on here. So for me as, as a former player, I look at it and it, it angers me. There's, I have so, so many feelings about it because again I was a guy that never had the comfort of just oh don't worry you're in the lineup oh don't worry you've got an eight-year deal a six-year deal a four-year deal none of that ever happened so my thoughts are very much in line with Torpchenko how can you not lay it on the line I'm the Anthony I'm the guy that freaking died on a table in Croatia and then tried to lie on documents the next year so I could play hockey again because they wouldn't insure me because mm-hmm. I wanted to keep playing. And so when I see effort that isn't there from players who were four times better than I ever was, it angers me because they could have the world by the you-know-what if they just dug in every single day. And this is why... This is why I've been telling people for the last couple of years to really, really enjoy Ryan O'Reilly. Is this a guy that's made a ton of money, but he shows up every day and he works and he works and he works. And there's no excuses, no days off for that guy. That's what you need from your players. That's what Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, the Tiger Woods, you name the best players in the world. They don't ever want to stop playing. They don't ever want to tap out. They're never in a situation where they don't believe they can win the game. And I think that's the confusing part now. Some of these guys who are getting paid a lot of money and they get these big contracts, they think they're in that category. You're not. 
You're absolutely not in that category. If you were, you'd be winning more. If you were, your performance would be better. You wouldn't be able to go to practice and then just leave it at the rink. You'd be dragging that crap around everywhere with you until it gets better. So that's the frustrating part for me is to see guys not empty the tank on a daily basis. It's like, why do you feel like you have the 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 luxury of doing that? What have you ever done? Oh, you won a Stanley Cup. Great. What have you done lately? What have you done since you've gotten a four, five, six, seven, eight-year deal? Like, how did you get here? Yeah, it's never ending. Like, there's no there's no point in your career where you sit there and you go, yeah, I'm here. I don't have to do anything more. I'm good. Like Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, they never did that. They got to the top of the mountain and they made sure that they kept kicking people in the face that were trying to catch up to them mm-hmm. to keep them away from the top of the mountain. And that's the attitude you have to have. So if I'm Robert Thomas, Jordan, Cairo, Nick Letty, you know, take your pick of somebody who you're not all that thrilled with right now. If I'm those guys, I'm trying to figure out how I am noticeable to everybody in the world about how hard I'm working and how good I can play right now. When the times are at their worst, I want to show them how good I can be, how good I can lead, how hard I can work, what I'm willing to sacrifice for my teammates, for my team overall. This is this is a great opportunity to build your legacy as a player. And instead, you're building it in the wrong direction. And now we had to go through the coach calling out his team. He had to go through a young guy calling out his team. Yes, it's frustrating. It is. But you should be losing hockey games because your team's just not as good. Mm-hmm. And that happens. Doug Armstrong said it after practice today. We'll have the audio up in a little bit here. But Army just said, yeah, there's nights where we you put our lineup next to the other team's lineup. We're just, based on that, we don't win the hockey game. But this is the sport of hockey where you can outwork the opponent. You can. You can win off of sheer grit, determination, and being physical and blocking shots and doing all the little things right. You can win a game by doing that. You can win more games than you believe. Trust me but not with the effort that we saw last night and other nights leading up to it. You're not going to win a lot of games like that, and it's not going to be just because you don't have enough talent. It's going to be because you're not willing to do what it takes to win. We have the fortunate opportunity as the Blues Radio Network to have guys like Craig Berube on our shows. He's going to join us at 3 o'clock. We won't avoid this situation. We're responsible to you, the listener, and want to make sure that you also hear Craig Berube following his post-game comments last night. So Chief is going to join us like he normally does at 3 o'clock. Robert Thomas joined the opening drive this morning. What did he say? That's next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with 
with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills. So celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber Gas, or Charcoal Grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at HackmanSTL.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. from the blues last night was simple it was an old saying my daddy used to say there's a lot of quitting that team boy what did you learn from last night and Dell's not wrong Dell's spot on a lot of quit in it not every player though and that was one thing that Craig Bruby who's going to join us at three o'clock here in the fast lane with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter not everybody Alexei Torpchenko is some somebody that Craig Bruby highlighted also highlighted the play of Tyler Tucker and Jordan Bennington. And how about Tucker getting knocked into last night by a Canucks player, goes into Bennington, both of them go to the ice, and what does Tucker do but stand up and and shove the dude right back? Well, he goes in, gets in his face right away. And what I loved about that whole sequence, too, is you could tell Nathan Walker had been chomping at the bit like all game, kind of getting after it with some guys. He just starts his own fight over in the corner while it's going on. Yeah. And so one thing that I don't know if everybody noticed, but I noticed, and if you go back, because you always say this because you think, oh, he's making it up. No, if you go back and you watch that fight with Nathan Walker, when the other player falls to the ice, like Walker hadn't had a chance to really get going yet. You could tell he wanted to get the – he wanted to start the lawnmower, Anthony, you know, mm-hmm. the boom, 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 and uh, the guy fell to the ice. So it's usually like it's over, right? Watch Walker pull him up. He pulls him up to his feet because he wants to start throwing the knuckles. Mm-hmm. Then he's totally disappointed. Watch his face after his body language, his face disgust. He's just disgust when the refs get in there. So watch that over. It's fun to watch it. He pulls him right up back onto his feet. Like, no, 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 we're not done yet. Yeah. Other players are going to feed off of that too, Jamie, right? I mean, you're, you, you've been in so many different locker rooms winning locker rooms losing locker rooms 500 locker rooms guys that you know a group of players that might not care a group of players uh, every everybody on the team cares you've been you've you've been all over i would imagine that that sort of that sort of passion is going to radiate it's supposed to if you have a group of, of a group of those players that say fine we're going to play that we're going to play it the right way we're going to play this like this could be our last game in the NHL, the Alexei Torchenkos, the uh, Tyler Tuckers, the Nathan Walkers, a group at Jordan Bennington, certainly, those players, you would, to use your words, you'd hope that that would radiate throughout the course of a locker room. Should. That it becomes conta- contagious. Every time a guy uh, takes a hit, makes a hit, blocks a shot, gets in a fight, anytime that happens, that's supposed to motivate your team. This is why you have what they call energy players. Because those guys do all those things. They do all the things that the superstars don't want to necessarily do or that they don't have to do because they're the guys putting the puck in the net and they're the guys winning your hockey games as far as creating your offense is concerned. 
That's why they're called energy guys, because all of those things that happen are supposed to uh, pick the team up, create an energy, create a vibe. And when that doesn't happen, that's problematic. That to me, when that happens, I look at it this way as guys that uh, are just taking teammates for granted. That's the way I look at it, man. I'll say very honestly, and I'm not saying that about the Blues players. I'm just talking about in general. In general. Because I was a guy blocking shots, doing all the ugly, nasty, dirty things. And if I had a teammate that, like, disrespected, then guess guess what would happen, Anthony? Practice would be very difficult for said teammate for quite a while. Until they learned that, wow, you know what? What that guy does kind of sucks. I should kind of like what he does. But I don't know if that happens anymore. Robert Thomas was on the opening drive this morning with Randy Carricker and Kerry Davis. Robert Thomas, while he wasn't mentioned by Craig Berube by name, when Craig Berube says, there's a lot, there's guys that are making a lot of money, not showing that compete level that we're seeing from the guys that we've talked about throughout the course of the first couple of segments of the show, you kind of pick up on the fact that he's talking about Robert Thomas and Jordan Kyra. I don't think there's any, there's any secret there. Robert Thomas was allowed to hear the audio from Craig Berube's postgame last night. So the guys in the opening drive played it. This is Robert Thomas's reaction to Berube's comments. Yeah, it's obviously frustrating to hear that. And, yeah, I've been a part of this team for a long time. And, you know, what he said it could be further from the truth. You know, I know everyone in that room cares. Yeah, it's frustrating to hear. You know, you go through big ups and big downs of pro sports. And, you know, I've been a part of the team and we're winning. And part of the team and you know we're going the other way so uh it's frustrating and you know it feels like we've just been chasing chasing the play a lot lately you know you don't have control of it and you know it doesn't doesn't look like you you know the best best out there when you're chasing the game so you know I've always taken accountability and um I know I need to be better and and step up and find a way through this but uh it comes as a team it comes sticking together and you just got to get back to it and and keep fighting and you know, work your way through it. So Robert Thomas, in my opinion, handled that like a leader, honestly. And to set the stage properly, we joked about it in the break. You know, Randy and and and, and Rock and Kerry, like they hit him with it right away. Like, bam. That's a tough spot for the for the athlete there. It is. It is. As, as the radio show, the media, well, yeah, you want answers. So the fact that that happened was great. But... As the player, that's a tough spot to be in. I thought the way Robert Thomas answered it was perfect. I thought he handled that like a mature veteran player. You know, he probably didn't like hearing it, but doesn't matter. He answered it. He said it was, you know, it's frustrating. It's disappointing. Doesn't, didn't really like, didn't, doesn't necessarily agree with whatever. It's fine. So to me, that, that shows, that shows me something about Robert Thomas. He's got the leadership capabilities and, and you know, he's kind of been thrust into this position. Let's not forget that. I was talking to Donnie Fandango earlier today. We were taping a podcast, last minute blues podcast. And I said, these guys have had layers of leadership protection for a number of years. Now go back to 2019, Robert Thomas. He had Petro. He had O'Reilly. He had Tarasenko. He had Shen. He had Steen. Before, you go through all those guys, and then the next tier, before you'd get to Robert Thomas, following year after year after year, there's always layer upon layer of leadership there. 
now he's right there at the top of the food chain. So what do you go, like Braden Shen, Robert Thomas. I mean, that's kind of the order they go in now. If you're a media member and you're going in to talk to the St. Louis Blues and you want to talk to the the, the core, you're asking to talk to Braden Shen, Robert Thomas, and probably Tory Krug, Justin Falk, Colton Pareko in that order. But Robert Thomas is right there. I think mm. he's second on the depth chart. That's where he's at now. So he's having to deal with all this stuff. He's processing a lot of this new responsibility that's been thrust upon him. Unless, you know what else? His job on the ice has gotten more difficult too because there's no layers of other guys creating offense that the other teams have to worry about. So you put together maybe some frustration on the ice and frustration off the ice with how things are going. This is a big learning moment for guys like Robert Thomas. Randy Carragher of the opening drive then asked Robert Thomas about how he would like to lead, and this was what Robert Thomas said. Yeah, I think the you know the way I found that leading is the best is, is through example and accountability. And, you know, I know I, I got big shoes to fill. You know, that's that's part of the, the job. And, um, you know, I take accountability for, for the way this season's gone and, um, you know, the way it's gone lately, um, I need to step up and, and be better on the ice and off the ice. And, you know, you always learn, you know, through winning. Um, you learn a lot um, about what it takes to win and, you know, how a team, team should be in order to succeed. And I think you learn even more when you're losing and when you're going through a disaster. So I think this is the best time for, you know, for guys to step up, including myself. And, you know, I need to step up in order to, to get everything back on track. You know, before before you win, you have to have a winning culture. Or else the winning it'll dry up and then when you don't when you don't have the leaders to help you battle through that adversity, th- there won't be any foundation there. You can win games and have a bad culture. You cannot win championships and have a bad culture. So now, and we'll get into this with Doug with uh, Doug Armstrong cuz Army Address the media today after the Blues practice. It becomes a what What next now? You got the frustrations of the locker room, frustrations of Craig Berube, but you have to reset the culture now with a different group of players. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I learned that the third and fourth line are the only people who are putting in an effort day in and day out. Give the third and fourth liners a few games with first line minutes and see what happens with the team. That was Dev who left us a mic drop. We asked you earlier today, what did you learn about last night's game? And then subsequently the post-game comments made by Craig Berube and Alexei Torpchenko. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. Jamie, somebody texted us via the Air Comfort Service tax line at 314-399-9646. And made a really strong point coming off the conversation that we just had about Robert Thomas. And you had mentioned we played the audio from Robert Thomas, who was on earlier today with the opening drive here on 101 ESPN, how Robert Thomas showed a lot of maturity in his comments. And and you could say a lot of the right things. Now, of course, it's up to two guys like Robert Thomas to actually show you, too. But 
as the texter pointed out, and you read it to me during the break, you know, Robert Thomas, just because you're making a lot of money, doesn't mean you've got it all figured out, especially at his age. He's 23 years old. With a lot that's given, a lot is expected. I get it. But this guy came in here at 19 years old and helped you win a Stanley Cup. If he doesn't hit the post against the Dallas Stars and the big rig doesn't put the rebound in, you don't win a Stanley Cup. Like, so let's put it in perspective, too. If you're sitting, listening, wherever you are right now, think back of when you were 23. Maybe you're graduating college. Maybe you're still in college. Maybe you're just fresh out of college. Did you have everything figured out? No. Did, did you even know how to balance your checkbook? Like, these are real questions. I mean, balance your What to balance your checkbook, Marcy looks at me. What do you mean? What is that? Just log into your bank account. Yeah, yeah. All you do is you go online. Balance well, what? Yeah, exactly. So I, we have to pump the brakes a little bit. But that being said, the player, and we're, we're using Robert Thomas right now, where coach didn't say just him just Cairo. He said that he only had a handful of guys last night playing to the standard of, that he wants. That means there's a whole lot of other guys, too, that didn't play well. But if we isolate Robert Thomas, he obviously knows what it takes because he's in the NHL and he's making an ungodly amount of money over the next eight years. He knows what it takes to do this the right way. He's young, he's frustrated, and he probably doesn't have the answers right now. And he doesn't have anybody there to help him as far as, like, the O'Reilly, the Petro, the Steen, like Pat Maroon, like, Bozak. Those guys are gone. You're now the guy. You're the captain now. Not the <laughs> captain. But. So it's, your, let's, it's your boat now. So let's put it all in perspective. But the bottom line is these guys got to play harder. They got to practice harder. They, like, life, hockey should be fun. To go to the rink every day should be awesome, even when you're losing, Okay. And this is what I've learned in my in my old age, Anthony, <laughs> is that the harder you work towards something, when you get a reward of any kind at all, it feels better. It just does. And so for me now, my personal life with uh, as far as companies and working hard and the radio show and television and you know, all, when you get a little bit of a reward, it feels good. Like that's that's the addiction now. So for these young guys that are looking at this right now, they. They got ultimate success. Think about if you're Robert Thomas. You got a Stanley Cup your very first year. Ah, this, is, this league's easy. No, it isn't. And since that moment now, yeah, things have changed for Robert Thomas quite a bit. He's the go-to guy now. He has to get back to the individual that he was when it all started and enjoy going to the rink every day and get on the ice early and do extra stuff and work your tail off. Then you'll start to get the rewards. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalzer. So Doug Armstrong made some comments at at practice today. So following practice down at Centene, Army spoke to the media. And from Army's perspective, yeah, he can comment on the things that were said last night. His role is obviously different. He's he's now in charge of, one, securing even more assets before the trade deadline, future assets, whether that be trades uh, or uh, draft picks, I mean, or prospects. And, of course, he also is in charge of making sure that they start kind of a new era. Here's Army's comments on that on that very subject. 
Just want to uh, address, obviously, the comments that were made last night by uh, one of our players and our coach, and uh, I think they're going to gain traction unless we uh, address them head on. I think the raw emotion after a game like that was was evident uh, from everyone involved. Managerial perspective, it's uh, it's it's understandable. We've made some uh, radical changes to this group over the last couple of weeks. Uh, emotions are raw right now, and. Really, what we need to do is is come to grips with where we're at as an organization, come to grips with what we have in our on our team right now, and start to build. I, I've talked to the players uh, and talked about our last decade, and it was a, a good decade, uh, some ups and downs, uh, but that decade is now behind us, and today is the first day of the next decade. Yeah, that's the way to right. look at it. Yep, he's got to he's got to have, and this this is the case for any president or GM. They have to have Jamie one eye on the on the on the future and one eye on the present, and that that ultimately is what our army has to do and continue to have to do. He's yeah. going to understand what's going on now so that he can help build a, a different presence in the future. Yeah, and what that was that was really smart too of army to word it that way, and especially following last night. So, hear me out for a second. Last night was like the crescendo, right? Everything hit the fan. You got a young guy calling out the team. You got the head coach calling out the team. You got a, a, a game that you blew a lead in. It was like, ugh. All of that happens. The intensity surrounding the club from the fan base, from the media standpoint, I mean, was like, wow. Not one person today that I saw couldn't stop talking about the presser, the players, and they're calling out, and the, the guys that aren't where. Okay, great. So what Army did is he sat back and very intelligently evaluated what's our next move. I don't mean trades. What's our next move as a franchise right now, as a group of individuals? Well, the best way to do it is, okay, that's the worst it's going to get. Now we start over. So no more coach hates the players. No more players hates the coach. No more this guy, that guy pointing the finger everywhere. Boom. That's all gone. We've forgotten about it. Mm -hmm. That was yesterday. Starting today, we move forward. And at the end of this road that we're starting is a Stanley Cup championship because that's what we did the last decade. As we started to build this thing, put the bricks one by one in place, and we ended up winning the Stanley Cup. So we're going to do that again now because this is a new wave. We're going to a whole new foundation of players, a whole new core right now. Day one is today. I thought that was really smart by Doug Armstrong. That's Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. Craig Berube, our weekly chat with the Chief, is next in the Fast Lane. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. With J.B. Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. 301, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. We are always excited to talk to the head coach of your St. Louis Blues, Craig Berube, each and every week here in the Fast Lane. And Chief joins us right now via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. So, Chief, how was your night? <laughs> uh, that was all right. <laughs> uh chief uh look at uh, a lot going on here in the last 24 hours for sure but you know when i watch when i watch this all kind of unfold and it 
It starts, obviously, with the Tarasenko trade and inconsistent play from the guys uh, during the first half of the season. But for you as a coach, uh, you know, what are some of the, the challenges that you have when, you know, you're losing some of your biggest pieces of the puzzle to trade and you're also losing a lot of leadership at the same time? Uh, yeah, you know, it's um, you just the, the challenges is just to keep the team, you know, going like and 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 believing. I think you know we got good enough players here still, and we're, we're you know we got to keep going, and got to keep playing, keep fighting, and um, you know that could be a challenge at times because you know when you lose pieces and you know you lose good pieces, and um, you know they 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 tend to maybe stop believing or you know. Uh, but listen, we put ourselves in this position, so uh, it's up to us to get a, get out of it and get and get playing better. Like that's the bottom line. And leadership is um, for me <clears throat> could come from a lot of people, a lot of different people. And we have guys in that locker room that um, need to take, you know, keep taking steps in their leadership roles. And um, we still have guys that uh, from the leadership group that are still here. So we have leadership here. Again, we just gotta we gotta start pulling together here as a team and playing as a team, and get going in the right direction. Coach, coming off of uh, the comments, the post game comments that you made last night, you, you have told us on these airwaves. You have said this uh, in post game comments, pre game comments, after practices, after games, before games. You want guys that are going to compete. To the best of your recollection, where where did you feel this season that you weren't getting that compete level from every, every single player on your team? Like when when do you feel like that kind of occurred? Well, I think with the inconsistent play here, like you know that is part of it, right? I mean, it just hasn't been consistent this year, and um, you know, so there's always there's been you know numerous times or situations where you know i didn't feel like we played as a team or competed hard enough as a team uh to be to be a good consistent hockey team this year and um it's not that they can't do it because they've done it and they've done it in the past um but it's just not been consistent hey coach look sports sometimes emulates real life and we've all had these situations before especially within a family to where it all kind of boils over it comes to a head and people get some things off their chest and usually then you can start the the healing process as they say following last night you know torpo not happy you're not happy i'm sure a lot of guys not happy with what's going on today's a new day uh you got the meetings that you have do you feel like today was a good productive day of like you know what we got off got it off our chest and now we can move forward in the right direction yeah, like I, I agree. I mean, I think that there were some good meetings and things were said today and uh, and stuff like that. We had a real good practice, which is important. I thought that uh, practice was energetic, uh, execution was good. So that's a good sign. But you know, we've all been in these meetings and talked and 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 all that. It's you got to go out and do it now. There's got to be action, you know. And it's not gonna just happen overnight, but. What the most important thing is that you do it together as a team and that the work ethic and the competitiveness is there. You, you're not, you're probably not going to win all the games, but you give yourself a chance to win and it shows you're fighting. 
and your your shows you're fighting for your team and your organization. Chief, the 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 two number one players that everybody wants to talk about is obviously the young guys, Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo, and they've got the the eight year contract extension and all this stuff that people want to talk about. But for you as as the coach, as you grab these these young men, you know, 23 and 24 years old who have a lot of responsibility on them now, you know, what is it that you want from them on a daily basis? What is something that if you could just say, hey, you know what, guys, let's simplify this. I just need this from you on a daily basis. Yeah, well, no, and I, listen, I don't, it's not all on them. And that's where I think, you know. Well, that's kind of what I'm saying. I, I totally agree. But unfortunately, they yeah. become the spotlight, right? Yeah. But I, I get they are in the spotlight. And, you know, rightly so with their contracts and things like that. And they're up and coming players in the future for us. But we need to help them. Everybody needs to work together here. This organization, um, even before I got here, has always been about team and hard work and competitiveness. Play as a team. And that's what we've got to get back to. Those guys are part of the puzzle. They're they're a big they're a big part of it, but they're just part of it. They need help like everybody else needs help, but we've got to do it together. That's the bottom line with that. I mean, it's not all on them. It's on everybody. It's on myself included. Okay, we all got to work together here. My job is to try to get them to uh, to improve and 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 work towards something and build something here. Okay, and that's my that's a big part of my job. But they need help along the way, too. They need their teammates to help them. We all got to work together. Coach Craig Ruby joining us right now in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Chief, coming off of last night, how did you feel like practice went? And, and what, and what yeah. for those that weren't there, how, how did you feel that the, the mood was overall? Yeah, obviously the mood wasn't great uh, when we came in this morning. I think, you know, as the players came in and things like that. But we had some good meetings, I thought, today. And got a lot of stuff off our chest, which is good. And then, like I said, I thought practice was really good. I think, you know, they they had good energy out there, good light. Um, like, you know, we worked on some stuff, and I thought that we made some progress today. Coach, Jordan Bennington, uh, look, this guy has been a warrior for your team all year long. I mean, no matter what's going on, no matter how many goals that end up going in, I'm just watching this guy compete on a daily basis and his leadership, too, has kind of come to the forefront as well as you, as you learn more about the individual. But, you know, f- for you as a coach, you know, what have, what's some of the things that you've seen from Jordan Bennington this year that even for you, knowing him as long as you have, you're like, you know what? Wow, that guy's pretty awesome. Yeah, he's a fiery guy, and he shows it. Um, obviously, he's very competitive and wants to win. And he's played some real good hockey for us. We all know that. Again, last night he was excellent. And I think that he just keeps going. He doesn't he doesn't take a backward step, and that's what I love about him. I mean, he just keeps going forward, marching forward. You know, tomorrow's a new game, and he'll be ready to go again. And um, he shows his fieriness to, our, to everybody, shows it in the locker room to his teammates. Um, you know, and I, I think it's great. Uh, you know, he's done a great job for us. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Another guy that um, that I wanted to get your opinion on, too, who's done a great job for you guys, in my opinion, and I really didn't know what to expect from this guy when he was called up, is Tyler Tucker. I love his anticipation of plays, the way he interrupts plays. He's always in the right spot, uh, and obviously he's got the sandpaper to him. I love that part of him as well. He gets his first NHL goal last night. 
uh, which was an awesome moment for him. It, you know, what are you seeing from Tyler Tucker, coach, that, that you really like about him? Yeah, the anticipation is excellent. I think he's got real good hockey sense. Um, obviously, he plays a physical, hard brand of hockey. You know, he's in your way. He's physical. Um, you know, Tuck's, you know, he put up some points in junior. Like, he has the ability to score some goals and, and make some plays, too. Like I said, he, he's a heads-up hockey player. Old school. You know, we love him. Um, I, I just I really enjoyed his, uh, his uh, you know, plays so far this year. Great team guy, too, you know, stepping in for guys, um, fighting for guys, you know, all, the, all that stuff. Coach, one, one of the things that uh, I've learned a lot about Alexei Torpchenko over the last two years is that he doesn't have an off switch. Like, I feel like every game, every shift, he's just at the volumes at 10. And, you know, sometimes that works against players. I mean, I know myself that when the volume I carried it at 10, sometimes I got myself in trouble out there. But I really like watching him play, and I feel like I feel like he's taking some really good steps uh, for your club. Oh, definitely. He's his ice time's gone way up. I mean, he deserves it. Like his work ethic is outstanding, and the way he plays the game, uh, become a real good penalty killer, uh, real good forechecker, physical. Um, and you know, I think you know going you know going forward, he'll keep improving. He'll start scoring some goals. He'll get to those areas and start figuring out you know, where to go to score goals. And um, he's got a decent enough shot, and he'll start scoring some goals too. So very pleased with his play and his um, improvement over the year. Last one I got for you, Chief, is tomorrow afternoon you get the Pittsburgh Penguins in town, and um, they usually say that the best the best medicine following something uh, like a loss like last night is to get to the next game. As you're talking to your team today and all the meetings and whatnot, overall – what are you wanting from your team, like in the first period tomorrow? I think just you know playing a game on your toes, playing fast, like you know anticipating. Like we we came out last night, I didn't feel like we were on our toes. Like we just watched Vancouver skate, and we didn't skate. Tomorrow we need to skate. We need to get on our toes and skate right away, and get after it. Like play play straightforward hockey, attack. You know, if we don't skate tomorrow, we're going to be in trouble again. That's Pittsburgh's going to skate. Uh, they're going to be a pretty uh, hostile team after taking a beat from Edmonton. So it's going to be a tough game. But, uh, you know, that, I think it's the best thing is get right back at it against a good team. Coach, we appreciate you coming on these airwaves as you always do, uh, especially after last night where uh, I know the, the frustration's kind of boiled over, but we, we can't thank you enough for joining us. Have a great weekend and uh, looking forward to getting getting back into action tomorrow, tomorrow uh, afternoon. You got it. You got it. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend, okay? You too. Take Thanks, Coach. What's ahead? Take it easy on the weekend here. <laughs> I'll do my Have best, Coach. Yeah, I'll be in for Cheers. curfew. said never (laughs) see you coach thanks see you guys that's Greg Ruby here in the fast line on 101 ESPN (laughs) Uh, react to some of the things that coach said and we also got to get into a pretty big win from last night next on 101 ESPN we're right back to the fast lane podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN Afternoon, Anthony. 
Jamie, Marsha Marsh, FedEx Joe, happy Friday, or is it? What did I learn about the Blues after last night? Oh, guys. I learned that my attention for the remainder of the season is probably going to be focused more on the Battle Hawks, the beginning of St. Louis City FC, and anticipating the Cardinals season. It really sounds like a broken home right now with the Blues. I mean, cue the Papa Roach song. Broken home, all alone. That's exactly what it is, man. Was that FedEx Brian or Jacoby? That was FedEx Joe. FedEx Joe. FedEx Joe. A couple different FedEx guys yeah. driving around Anthony listening to the fast lost. lanes. There's a FedEx Brian. Yeah, there is a FedEx Brian. This is FedEx Joe, There's though. FedEx Joe. There's Big FedEx Joe, FedEx Brian. There's UPS guy. Yeah. There's 6-1-Hate. Yeah. Well, we got a lot of characters. <laughs> it's yeah. good, though. Uh, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN FedEx uh, FedEx Joe. My apologies. Nice job there with the uh, the mic drop. We will get into the Battle Hawks. We will get into St. Louis City SC, who has their, their first game tomorrow night. Or tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow night. Uh, it's it's a it's a fun weekend. Of course, you got the Cardinals and spring training games and things like that going to start. Uh, we got a text earlier to the Air Comfort Service tax line, 314-399-9646, uh, that we were lecturing everybody in the first hour and uh, to, to move on from the Blues. I think we can all agree. Uh, that you can shut your mouth. Um, when it comes to, <laughs> when it comes to, our, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That, that, no, we apologize. No, we don't. I'm sorry that you feel that way. That up, boy, Marcy. <laughs> Craig Berube just I like, joined I us. I apologize for nothing. <laughs> uh, no, we get we did get another another text message during the break. Uh, they appreciated the interview that we had chief on and what chief said and one of the textures is paraphrasing was he was incredibly fair he was honest about things and i agree jamie you and i were talking about it during the break i loved what he said about robert thomas and jordan cairo you had mentioned it you brought brought it up to chief and he made it a point and i thought he was genuine with his comments he made it a point to not only say this is not uh, this is not all on two guys. This is not all on Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. It's not. And it's not. He took it a step further and said that it's up to me as a coach to help them and to help my players. It's up to our coaching staff led by me to get this pointed in the door, in the right direction. It's got to be a team. And he had mentioned that throughout the course of the interview. And he's right. He also talked about how it gets to be a little hollow if all you're doing is talking about it and not actually showing it. So he's realistic, too. Yeah. And I appreciated him coming on these airwaves after what was certainly a turbulent night. Yeah. So here's what people of St. Louis need to understand uh, I've been around the sport of hockey for a long time. The NHL, a long time. Been around a lot of coaches who dealt with media. Craig Berube might be the best one I've ever been around. And it's not fluff. You get some guys that uh, they, they put on the smiley face, and it's almost like the politicians, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have it good. We have it so good with a coach that is so honest. And I think that's why Craig Berube has endeared himself to this community so much is people, they recognize that what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he doesn't give you the answer you want to hear. Well, too bad. But then he comes on, like, he has that that presser last night. 
that erupted. It just did. You know, it, whether the intention was for it to erupt or not, it did. Because everybody today has been talking about it. Robert Thomas, again, to Robert Thomas's credit, he stayed on and did his spot with the, the opening drive today as well. So I think if nothing else that Craig Berube has done is he show, he's leading by example of how he handles things himself. And I think that that carries through to your players. When they see how you handle things, how you react, and how you deal with adversity, I think that you go, well, how, well, how can I not do this if he's doing it? Mm-hmm. So anyways, credit to the Chief. He, he came on. He gave, us, he gave us real answers and ends up having a little fun with us, too. You know, you, you two said this. If this goes back to what you said in our first, in our first hour, you had mentioned how there are different ways to lead. And you're absolutely right. We, t- we tend to think of leaders as, one, men and women that are in power. Two, men and women that have that title, whether it's coach, teacher, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we tend to think of leaders as, ex- as experienced people. That, that's not necessarily the case all the time. And I think Alexei Chor- Chorpchenko note, basically illustrated that last night. One, he's not even from this country. Speaks very well. Yeah, I let mean, me speak, tell you, my Russian, English, my Russian is not nearly as good as his English. His English <laughs> is outstanding, point. C- considering where the country, you know, he's, he's from He's from Russia. He hasn't, you know, uh, he's a young guy. He speaks very well. Mm-hmm. He was leading last night. And then he took it a step further by being the first one on the ice today for practice. So, yeah, he goes out there. He plays an outstanding game. He doesn't want to talk about his individual accomplishments last night. He wants to talk about how the team's not getting it done. Calls out teammates without making it personal. And then he's the first guy on the ice today for practice. Well, if you're going to talk, That's to talk you got to walk the walk. Absolutely. Right? And I thought that was, to me, that was the most impressive part of it, is having enough awareness as a young player to know that what you said may have angered a few guys, may have not been what everybody wanted to hear, but then you're first on the ice. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you got a problem with it? Great. I'll be on the ice working. Sure. You want to come talk to me? Come on up. Yeah. Come out, work. Right. But at the end, but the, at the end of the day, we're going to do this as a team. Yeah. So let's let's air it out. Let's figure it out, but let's figure it out together. All right. We haven't gotten into the Battle Hawks yet. I want to do a full segment on them, though. All right. They, yes. They deserve it. After that win last yes. night, huh? Another comeback win for Caca! your Kaka. Battle Hawk Talk. Next. I want to win ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Right, Kakaw. Two and zero now are your St. Louis Battlehawks after coming from behind last night and beating the Seattle Sea Dragons. You heard the call last night, courtesy of ESPN Radio. Donald Hagman nails the game winner. And guys, I think the best thing we've gotten questions on this, and we've had questions independently about 
What's it going to look like now that the XFL is back? Will they recapture that same emotion that they had in St. Louis when they before the pandemic? It's a new team. It's a it's a new look to the XFL. They're not here in St. Louis. They're down in Texas practicing. Eventually, we'll get the home opener at the Dome and all that. But it's it's going to be different. And how's it how's it going to look? How's it going to feel? I I don't know about you guys. I would love to hear your response. I was nervous last night. I was nervous when Donald Hagman lined up for the kick. Like a nervous excitement. I you was didn't in, have confidence. I in was into Donnie? it. Uh, I didn't have. I don't have really a lot of confidence in any kickers so far that I've seen in the XFL. Wow. He missed a, a, a 36-yard field goal earlier in that game too. Right. So kicking's been a little shy. <laughs> but so hey, he, he made the one that he made that the one counted. that counted. And how about him too? He 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 nails it, and then right right after he kicks it, arms go up. He knew. Yeah. He knew he drilled it. Were you guys nervous watching the game a little bit? Fun, nervous excitement? I was At first, I was kind of, uh, you know, I'm flipping back and forth. Obviously, the Blues are on. Not at the exact same time, but for a lot of it, it was. It was overlapping. And uh, so I'm flipping back and forth and get to the back end of the game. And I was nervous that they were going to lose. Like, I did, I don't want this team to lose. I don't either. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't want them to lose. Like, want I know them it's, to be perfect. it's unrealistic of me, 100%. I get it. But I'm sitting there going, oh, man. Like, I was kind of like, and then they started to put together a couple of good sequences offensively. And then I'm like, hey, like, I don't know anything about this kicker. Nothing. But I think they're pretty close to field goal range. But here. I believe. <laughs> I think he's got it. Yeah. And then he hit it. I was like, I don't know. I was really happy when he hit the kick. Like, I, this is two games into the the new Battle Hawks 2.0. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm excited. I, I think it's a lot of fun, man. They've ripped victory out of the jaws <laughs> of defeat back to back games. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. We talked about it yesterday. One of the things, at least locally, that will keep this thing sustainable. Is if, yeah, they win, of course, but if it's exciting, either by style or by doing what you did the last two weeks and and winning in the manner that you did. And don't fool yourself. Last week, winning in the manner that they did, I'm sure gave that group a lot of confidence when A.J. McCarron and the offense had to go back on the field following, look, another excellent defensive effort. You, you've you've been in your games now the last two weeks because mm-hmm. the defense have kept, has kept you in it. But A.J. McCarron has had to put together two back-to-back comebacks in the fourth quarter because of late scores. So when Ben DiNucci had the late touchdown with about a minute and a half left in the game, I'm sure there was plenty of confidence still that the offense was going to march down the field and get in a field goal range. And one of the more pivotal moments in that game, guys, was on that three-point attempt. So Seattle's is going for three. They go for three. That's their thing. <laughs> Why not? Go for it. Analytics tell me. Wait, analytics? I mean, that's their, that's their philosophy. They're going to led by Jim Hazlitt. And June Jones, the offensive coordinator, and I think that you know June Jones running the the run and shoot is perfect for this league. It really is nice adjustments by by the Battle Hawks defensively in the second half. But one of the crucial moments in the game, for for our standpoint, was when Carson Wells knocked down the uh, batted down the pass on the three point attempt, 
Now maybe it looked it looked like the 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 back end had it had it covered, but it's hard to tell based on the ESPN feed. Who knows? Maybe maybe Danucci hits another receiver in the back of the end zone, and now it's a three point game as opposed to a yeah. one. But Carson Wells batting that pass down, he he slipped through the the the, the left tackle, got underneath him, rushed the, rushed Danucci and got his hands up, knocked down the pass. It allowed. The Battle Hawks, once they got in a field goal range, to win it with a field goal. But I was excited overall. That's two two straight wins. They've got one more on the road, and then and then you've got the home opener. You're building some momentum <laughs> heading into that home opener. It's great. Well, what I like about it too is um, I feel like this Battle Hawks team knows very well about how the other Battle Hawks team kind of captured their audience here. Because you look at some of them when they're when they're celebrating and when they're doing things and like AJ McCarron, he's saying things uh, like this following the game. I think them watching Daddy never give up. Uh, you know, ever since I came out of college, I've been kind of counted out a little bit, and uh, you know, it's just fun to come out here and play. I, I just I miss playing. Uh, not always just. Being a backup, and that's a great living. It really is, and I and I absolutely love it. But I love playing, and uh, this is special. And I can't thank the XFL enough. It's been awesome. That's endearing. It is. You're it's right. endearing. It's People look at it. that, and you talk about yesterday. Our biggest question of the day from Stephen is, you know, the players lose touch with their fans. Right there, that just brought me right into his living room mm-hmm. of how he loves to play, and it's fine. You know, it's a great living being a backup, but that. He's happy to be doing this now. And then following towards the end of that, he gave a, what did he say about St. Louis? Something like, we're coming back to St. Louis and let's go or let's ride. Either way. So that, he, that's that's Broncos country. Well, Broncos country, let's ride. Let's, ride. let's fly. We can find it somewhere. But <laughs> my point is, is that he gave you an inside look of who he is now. Yeah. And as he's talking, like, I want this guy to win. I want him to be great. I want this guy back in the NFL as a starter. Like I want this guy back in the NFL, you know? So I don't know. I just I feel like they're they're doing a great job of connecting the pieces to the fan base. I think these players are going to be not surprised, but they're going to be excited when they head to the dome for the first time after 3 away games. They're going to step in, they're going to see, by the way, the 300 section is now selling tickets mm-hmm. and I saw BK tweeted about it that he was on hold on Ticketmaster because people are trying to get tickets to the to the home opener they're going to show up and be like oh my goodness like does BK yeah. not know he can get a media pass yeah I was about to say wait, I mm. mean well there's a difference between going as a media member uh, yeah, and going huge, as a fan yeah it's a huge huge yeah <laughs> huge you just difference. take your media pass you go find a seat <laughs> <laughs> These mics don't work anymore do they yeah, we're fine. you want me to turn them off yeah okay. Jamie no Jamie you're you're right you're right about what A.J. McCarron said. He's One, it was endearing. I think that was a perfect word you used him to. He did connect it eventually to uh, the Battle Hawks. But, yeah, who who couldn't sit there and say, yeah, I get it. I get it. And and McCarron had mentioned, one, I thought he was he was, it was nice. He was, he was grateful for his time in the NFL. And maybe it's not over, but he was grateful saying being a backup, good money, all that. But he, he wants to play. This is somebody that played at the University of Alabama under Nick Saban. This is somebody that, you know, won three 
national championships, either as a starter or or otherwise. You know, he played in 10, 12, and 13. This is somebody that won the Maxwell Award in 2013. I mean, he's a decorated player Mm -hmm. who I remember coming out of Alabama, people were wondering if he could be a first-rounder or a second-rounder. Winds up slipping to the fifth round, goes to the Bengals for three years, bounces around Bills, Raiders, Texans. Last year is with the Falcons, and he could have won a, a starting job uh, or at least won, won, won the backup and tore his ACL in week two of a preseason game. See ya. That's it for him. He battles back, wants to play, comes to – you know, goes to the enters into the XFL, and now he's he's led back to back comebacks for the Battlehawks the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. There is an emotional aspect to this team, and thus far, it's been a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, and I'm excited. For, I'm already excited for the next game. I can't wait. Honestly, I love it. I, and I, I like I said, I, I, I'm really pulling for these guys for so many different reasons. One, I think it's it's fun to have a winning team. Uh, two, I want these guys to be successful. Mm-hmm. And three, I'm to your point, Marshy. I would love to be a fly on the wall when these guys come out for you know the opening kickoff, and that place is going nuts, and it's three quarters full. Mm-hmm. Like what in the? They're going to be fired up. Well, look at the other stadiums. Like if you look last night, like it was, you know, there wasn't a ton of people there. It's going to be a completely different atmosphere, especially they're going to be at home. Right, our, our fans here. Yeah. You're listening right now. If you're going to the game, you better bring it. Oh, they will. You better bring it. Don't sit on your hands. No, they will. Don't wear your office clothes. Like, paint your freaking body head to toe, chug some beers, and get after it. Yeah. They will. They will. I know. This is the I'm thing. just reminding them, Anthony. St. Louis Battlehawk fans don't need to be reminded, all right? Kakaw is law, Jamie, and you know that better than anybody. I do. We have the Tom Brady of the XFL. <laughs> he is. He has like to come it. back himself. I like it. I like it. Yeah. And you know what, too? Just from uh, just, a, just a football standpoint, just two seconds on this. Uh, I, I mean, A.J. McCarron, there's a lot of throws that he made last night where he, he recognizes very quickly that Ron Zook, former Illinois head coach, was, was playing man-to-man constantly. I mean, it was... It was man-to-man damn near the entire second half. There were some great throws. A couple drop balls, too. So yeah. Some of those convert. It could be a completely different game. And the offensive line was playing a little bit better as the game wore on because the first quarter, I'm like, oh, geez, this is mm-hmm. – I mean, it, it was – they did not the – the tackles did not play well last week. Tackles didn't start, start off playing well this week. They got a little better as the game wore on. But A.G. McCarron, this is the benefit, even though he was a backup in the NFL – this is the benefit of of having a quarterback that understands coverages and where to place the ball when a, a defense is is going mostly man to man. It's not by accident that AJ McCarron stood there, took one in the chin multiple times, and got the ball out in the right spot. So. Prol could get up field to set up the field goal. Or there's another play, uh, the touchdown, the touchdown throw. The throw to Butler, where he stands in there, knows he's going to get hit, but waits just that half second more to allow Butler to detach from the defender so that he could run upfield. This is not, again, this is not done by accident. You know, starting pitchers, Jamie, 
you get guys that are pitchers and you have guys that are throwers. And the throwers may throw 99, but it's the pitcher that understands 92 could look like 99 if you place it perfectly. And this is why somebody like Bill Walsh, the ultimate quarterback coach, always wanted Montana to hit Rice in a certain spot. It was about accuracy, not arm strength. Actually, not. No, a lot of times it was. It could be left shoulder pad. It could be right shoulder pad. It could be, you know, whatever. Yeah, there's numbers there, too. <laughs> AJ McCarron <laughs> has a lot of experience. I think we're seeing that, too. What's trending is next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time to find out what's going on in the sports world with What's Trending Now, brought to you by Goodwill. Donate a car and get tickets to the St. Louis Cardinals. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers. I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Guys, St. Louis City SC will play its inaugural game tomorrow as they take on Austin FC. 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, I believe, is the time. Yes. And uh, 7.30, Austin FC. First game of the year, Anthony. What are, you, what, what are your thoughts? For, first, game, first game in ever, Bob. In ever. First game in ever. I, 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 don't know about, I don't know about you guys, but the thing that I'm most intrigued by is, is how this looks stylistically for St. Louis City SC. I want to see if, you know, when we when we talked to uh, Lutz last year, and we talked about like the style of play, he had mentioned, you know, kind of this physical style. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? He, he kind of talked about very blue collar. Yeah, very blue collar esque. I want to see if the pro- if the product tomorrow matches the vision, and sometimes before you can look at the the players you you certainly have an idea of how you want to be stylistically but then you build your roster and you may have to take a step back and say no that's that's not really that's not really direction we can go in now we don't have the players to execute that i imagine though that that's that's how it'll look but i i think stylistically is the most intriguing aspect are they physical how do they play are they a fast team are they a you know, physical team are what? Uh, how does the goalkeeper look? I think as a and I fully admit I am I am not a diehard soccer fan. I wouldn't call myself a casual soccer fan. But I'm I'll dive in tomorrow looking at that aspect, looking at those aspects. Yeah, look, I, it's going to be tough. Okay, they're they're playing a very good team uh, in Austin. They're an expansion team. It's they're unknown as far as how they can play as a team. So I, I'm very intrigued too to see the very same thing. You know how and and if they're not, let's say they're not competitive right away. How far off are they? Right. Like uh, how much work do they have to do? And uh, Bradley Carnell was on the uh, the broadcast last night for the Blues game, and he just said, "Listen, you know, 62% of the league makes the playoffs." He goes, it's not unrealistic for our goal to be to make the playoffs. Not unrealistic. So 
I'm anxious to see how he handles it too as the head coach because he's a he's an incredibly well-spoken individual. He's very motivating to listen to when you we talk to him and whenever mm-hmm. I hear him speak. And I would imagine that that would carry over to his coaching style. So I, I'm intrigued. I, I really want nothing but the best for this team. Uh, you know, it, it's not going to be an easy year for them because they are a brand new team. But if they built this team the way they said that they're going to build them, as far as you know that that hard work mentality first, they'll be competitive in more games than mm-hmm. not. And for me, that's exciting. Yeah, Fonestil was talking about selfless, team oriented. They want to represent a deeper one-for-all mentality that actually resonates in St. Louis. You know, those are things that St. Louis sports fans will always gravitate towards. You know, because look, we're a Midwest city. Those are the things that resonate. But then you got to you got to show it. It's got to it's got to look like your like your words described, and I think it will. But that's the thing I'm gonna be I'm gonna be keyed in on the most. By the way, the game is at 7.30 Central Time. We said Eastern Time uh, heading into this segment. But uh, 7.30 Central Time, it will be televised on MLS Season Pass on Apple TV. For this first game, it is free. So fans can watch the game for free on Apple TV. Of course, we talked about it earlier in the week. It will not be free for the rest of the season. But uh, for this first game, you can for sure watch it on MLS Season Pass on Apple TV. Guys, Albert Pujols is... uh, Back with the Los Angeles Angels as he serves his uh, 10-year personal services contract. Yeah, that makes it makes sense. Look, we got the best of Albert, period. We got the we got the best years of Albert from a playing standpoint. And then he comes back, and we I, I said this throughout the season last year. When and really the second half. When he's coming out of the home run derby after he was he didn't win the thing but he was he was the spotlight yeah, i was fixed he it was fit it was definitely fixed um when he does what he did the accomplishments the home, obviously the home the, his his personal home run record all of that that was that was made sweeter by the fact that he did go to anaheim and he struggled struggled with injuries struggled to perform up to that contract that year last year was sweeter for us because of the deal he got with Anaheim. So he goes and he has to fulfill that that service agreement, all that. Fine, whatever. We got the best of Albert. Yeah, I agree. And it, it is what it is. And listen, Albert has said in his own words, it's kind of he gets to do whatever the heck he wants. Mm-hmm. Come and go as he pleases. He wants to show up for spring training. Who doesn't? I want to. I want to go down there, wear a uniform, and talk baseball. Who wouldn't? I'm Albert Pujols, too. Imagine if I'm Albert Pujols going down there. This is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It, the number one thing that guys um, that that they miss when they retire is that camaraderie, being around the rink, the ballpark, the field every day, yep. talking with the guys, yucking it up. But then you usually have to play, right? This is the best case scenario ever. He doesn't have to coach. He doesn't have to play. But he gets to go do the life of being around the clubhouse, talking to guys, you know, helping out when he can. He sees something with a kid or a guy in his swing. Hey, here, why don't you try this? Hey, this is great. Right. See you later. I'm going to grab a beer, too. Okay. <laughs> like, yep. honestly. Yeah. So good for Albert and good for the Angels. I, I know the Cardinals sure would like to have him around. But, sure. But, you know, it is what it is. Maybe he'll do some recruiting. Oh, little Shohei. Shohei. Mike Trout. 
Imagine the blockbuster trade. <laughs> yeah. DeYoung and Verhagen for Trout and Otani. I mean, yeah. it makes sense for both sides. Mm-hmm. Yep. For sure. I'd do it. Guys, Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Passan, uh, according to Jeff Passan, Manny Machado commits the first pitch clock violation. He was docked to strike because he was not set when facing Robbie Ray when he was in the batter's box. The clock reached eight seconds. He did not have his foot, his left foot, inside the batter's box when the clock struck the eight seconds. Um, They are playing one of two games today that serves as somewhat of a trial run for Major League Baseball's rules overhaul. Good for them, man. I think it's important that they they really enforce this in spring training because if you don't do it in spring training, you're essentially telling the players – that yeah, Major League Baseball has the has these new rules, but really it's just it's just eyewash. We're not gonna we're not going to enforce it. You're a star player like Manny Machado. Oh, he's and pushing it. You're getting docked. Yeah. I think it's it's crucial. This is going to be a part of the game. Like it or not. Like it or not, fans, like it or not, players, like it or not, like it or not, managers. This is a part of the game. They they feel as though, based on their research, they can shave about twenty minutes. A game on average, 20, about twenty minutes off per game. Keep the flow going. I'm keep the action it, on the field, and and let's ride. I'm here for it. But in if a you, big way. But Jamie, if he's a former player, and I know you played baseball, you played hockey. But when it comes to new rules, this is the perfect time, preseason or spring training, in this case, to enforce said rules to really yeah. understand. So as a player, you understand what what you're going to be asked to do. It's boot camp for rules is what it is. And, you know, we went through it in the NHL when all the rules changed from the hooking and the holding and the obstruction and the all the fun stuff. Not like, being able to right. whack guys <laughs> in the back of the leg. <laughs> all yeah. that stuff. The elbows flying up. Can't do that anymore. Well, they took rooster all beak. the fun out. Yeah, the rooster <laughs> beak, although I don't think that was ever legal. Huh. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's great. Part of the problem with the, the – when you talk about the the delay in pitching, part of the problem during that is the players at the plate, too. Taking forever to adjust their damn batting gloves 10, 12, 13 times, and then they got their whole little routine. and all, Like, no, no. If the pitcher's ready and at the eight-second mark, if you're not ready, too bad, so sad. Absolutely. I think it's great to hold both sides accountable. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. We got Joe coming up again. We are facing a gauntlet trophy giveaway again. That's been a lot of those. Uh, a little bit. All right, Joe, third uh, third time now in the gauntlet. Next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Can you survive the gauntlet? Four oh three. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh from Anthony Stalter. And it's time for the gauntlet. Joe is uh, well; he's back. Knocked off Jamie Marshy, and now he is uh, gunning for me. And I have not been good in gauntlet two So, Joe, good luck today, man. Thanks, man. All right, I'm gonna work my way into All the right. cone of silence. Yeah, let's go. Come on. I don't even know why you came in here. Why didn't you just start? Chop, the cone of chop. Silence? <laughs> All right, Joe. Anthony's slowly making his way to the cone of silence. Okay, he's he's finally gone. Okay, um, Joe, let's get after it. You know what to do. Spin the wheel. 
Oh, oh boy. All right, Joe. If you had one category against Anthony that you didn't want, what would it, what would it be? I want football. Let's do it. Wow. All right. You want it? You got it. It landed on football, Joe. So each question, as you know, will be worth two points if you don't use the options. If you do use the options and get it right, it's only one point. And, of course, if you get it wrong, you just get it wrong, flat out. Are you ready to go, my man? I'm ready. All right. Football, the category. Question one. Battlehawks quarterback A.J. McCarron was selected in the fifth round of the 2014 NFL draft by which team? Uh, the Bengals. Final answer? Uh, yeah, final answer. Okay. Question number two. In the past 10 seasons, how many times has Alabama won the college football championship? Past 10 seasons? Past 10 seasons. Uh, let's see. That Let's go with six. Final answer? Final. All right, Joe. Question three. Which NFL team had the worst red zone percentage last season, only reaching the end zone 40.2% of the time? Oh, let's see. Okay. uh, Go ahead and give me the options on that. All right. Was it the New York Jets, the New England Patriots, or the Cleveland Browns? Go with the Browns. Final answer? Final. All righty. Final question. Which team led all of college football in points per game last season? Points per game. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Okay, give me the options. Your options are TCU. Tennessee or Ohio State? Tennessee. 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 Oh, yeah. Final. All right, Joe. Let's get Anthony back in here and see how Anthony does here. Obviously, a big, uh, big trophy on the line for Joe. Joe, how how are you feeling after that? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. All right, Anthony's back with us here. He's got his ears plugged back in. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right, Anthony. Pack a lunch. It sounded like uh, Bud Kilmer there. Remember Bud Kilmer? Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Let's, let's go. go. We're really good. Winning spot. He's walking all by out. himself. Yep. Yeah. Walked out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's hope that's not you okay. after this, okay? Question one, Anthony. Battlehawks quarterback A.J. McCarron was selected in the fifth round of the 2014 NFL Draft by which team? Cincinnati Bengals. Final answer. Whoa. Someone had a coffee. So I got football. Let's go. Let's go. Question number two. First time in Gauntlet 2.0. I know. Question number two, Anthony. In the past past ten seasons... How many times has Alabama won the college football championship? In the last 10 seasons. Last 10 seasons. Okay, let me think here for a second. Uh, They beat Clemson once. They beat Georgia once. They beat... They beat... uh, Let me think here. Well, let me think. A.J. McCarron won three, but... 
We're only going back to 2013. Clemson. I might as well get the options on this or else I'll be here all day. Sorry, go ahead. Is it three, four, or five? In the last 10 years, three, four, or five. Hmm. I'm going to go with... Oh, man. I'm going to go with five. I'm going to go with five. Final answer. Question three. Which NFL team had the worst red zone percentage last season, only reaching the end zone 42.2% of the time? Worst red zone percentage. Bears weren't good. Broncos weren't good offensively. Uh... Let's narrow. I'm going to narrow it down, though. Can I have the options, please? Yeah. Was it the New York Jets, the New England Patriots, or the Cleveland Browns? Oh, good thing I asked. I don't think it was the. I don't think it was the Jets. Browns were pretty dreadful in the red zone. Patriots were pretty dreadful in the red zone. I'm going to go with the Patriots. Patriots, final answer. Final question, Anthony. Which team led of led all of college football in points per game last season? So they had they averaged more points than anybody per game. Uh, I think the I mean the obvious answer would would be Georgia. But they also played in the SEC, so they were playing tougher defenses. North Carolina had a great offense as well. They put up a bunch of points. I'm sure I'll be missing a bunch of it if I rat, even if I rattle them off. So I'll uh, I'll take the options on this one too. Your options are TCU, Tennessee, or Ohio State. Man, those are some pretty pretty good offenses. It was, I don't think it was TCU. I don't think they. I don't think they racked up enough points. Tennessee or Ohio State? Gotta be Ohio State. I'm gonna go with Ohio State. Final answer? Final answer. All right, let's go over this. Let's go. Let's start right there. Which team led all of college football in points per game last season? Joe, you took the options. You said Tennessee. Anthony, you took the options. You said Ohio State. The answer is to Tennessee. Tennessee. Nice job, Joe. One nothing, Joe. After one question, let's go to question two. In the past ten seasons, how many times has Alabama won the college football championship? Joe, without the options, you said six. Anthony, with the options, you said five. The actual answer is. Three. Three. Only three guys. All right. Still one nothing. After two questions, let's go to question one. Battlehawks quarterback A.J. McCarron selected fifth in the fifth round in the 2014 NFL draft by which team? Joe, without the options, you said Bengals. Anthony, without the options, you said Bengals. Answer is? It's the Bengals. It is the Bengals. So Joe right now with a 3-2 lead headed into the final question. 
Which NFL team had the worst red zone percentage last season, only reaching the end zone 42.2% of the time? Joe, you said the Browns. Anthony, you said the Patriots. Answer is... The New, Le- the New England Patriots. We got to walk off. Wow. We got to walk off for the title. We're going to overtime here. Holy smokes. All right, Joe, I'm sure you remember, but we'll refresh it here. We're going to ask a tiebreaker question. You do not answer right away. Anthony's going to write it down. And then as soon as Anthony's done writing it down, we're going to come to you for an answer very quickly. Understand, Joe? I do. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Anthony, are you ready? I'm ready. This is for all the marbles, baby. Here we go. On average, Tennessee recorded how many points per game last season? Let me know when you're ready. Okay, Anthony has his answer. Joe, go ahead. 28. Okay. The question. On average, Tennessee recorded how many points per game last season? Joe said 28. Anthony, what did you write down? 47 and a half. 47 and a half. For all the marbles. Joe? You have chosen poorly. You lose! Not today. <laughs> Anthony got you. It was 46.1 wow. points per wow. game. Dang, Joe, so close, buddy. You did awesome. Yet so far. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, nice nice job, though, man. Hey, unlike the Blues, I don't get paid a lot of money, but I do try hard. Oh, oh wow, Joe. Did you have that one Come in the holster? We were almost, almost kind of hoping you'd lose so you can, <laughs> yeah. you can fire that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Joe, c- uh, congrats on getting this far, though, man. Hey, yeah, it was fun. Thanks, guys. All right, All right thanks, take care, Joe. buddy. Have a good weekend. Nice job. All right, uh, all right so that was, uh, that was the gauntlet. Anthony! 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 You can Anthony. chant your own name. No, no, no. I felt yeah, Marsh, you're nowhere near awkward. that. Yeah. What the hell's wrong yeah. with you? I was you? caught off guard. What a teammate you yeah. are. Thanks, Speaking Jamie. Of, yeah. Thank you, Let's Jamie. redo it. Let's redo it. it. No, can we redo it? We don't it? have time. No. We got to get to holidays. Holidays. Yeah, we gotta get to holiday. Yeah, we got to get to holiday. Don't make me feel bad. No, no, no it's you fine. Got, no, it's you fine. You need to live with that. I know how you feel in your heart, Marsh. I got to live with yesterday's loss, and now I got to live with this. Yeah, both of them, actually. Anthony, I'm sorry. It's fine. Oh, boy. I'm sorry, Anthony. That you feel that way. There we go. All right, Matt Holiday is going to join us next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. And joining us right now via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line is our guy, Matt Holiday. We haven't had a chance to talk to Matt in a while. What's up, Matt? Hey, guys. How we doing? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Pretty well. Just uh, carting some kids around and, uh, you know, just just doing it. Matt, we, we, I don't think we've had a chance to talk to you since uh, since since the, you, you shared the news that you weren't going to be uh, Cardinals bench coach. And, uh, you know, I, now that we're a couple of months removed from it, how do you feel? You know, uh, I feel good. Obviously, um, 
as much as I'd love to be down in Jupiter and, and back part of the organization. And um, I, I just uh, felt as I was getting, you know, spring training was getting closer and, and starting to think about some of the things that I was going to miss. And, um, you know, a lot of the same reasons that I retired and, and stopped playing are, are a lot of the reasons that, that are still there. And, and so um, I uh, just, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, being being able to have some some uh, some freedom to go and watch my kids do the things that they love to do and be around them is is uh, the most important thing to me at this time in my life. And and so I, uh, you know, sometimes you you have to say no to things you really want to do to say yes to other things. And so um, by saying you know, I was I was uh, you know making a decision that I felt was best for me and my family. And and uh, like I said, it was. It was more of a reflection on on uh, just wanting to to be able to watch my kids uh, and and then than necessarily not wanting to do you know do the bench job. I, sure. I obviously have a passion for baseball and would love to sit next to Ollie and and help him um, you know and and be um, part of the organization. But it just uh, you know at this time you know it's it, I have to do what's best for me. So that's what happened. Matt, did it? Uh... Did your decision uh, come following some of the demands we had in the fast lane here of being down, uh, you know, in the dugout with you and on road trips and things like that? You know, uh, Jamie, that was one of the part of it that I was really looking forward to. You know, I, uh, I was, I was actually uh, looking forward to trying to break some barriers, you know, and try to uh, try to get some things done that maybe hadn't been done before. So. Uh, that, that that was not uh, that did not weigh in on uh, on the ultimate decision. So um, I uh, you know a lot lots changed since I talked to you guys last. Now that you know the fast lane is just uh, you two and Brad's moved on, and um, so you know it's a, it's a it's a different landscape than the last time I talked to you guys. Well, yeah, but it's not all that different because I feel like a lot of the times you just got us anyway. That's true. Brad was never here. Uh, Matt, that leads us to a very important question since uh, you're not going to take the Cardinals bench job. And uh, Brad absolutely did take the, the, the work with the Cardinals and uh, Bally Sportsman West. We've got an open chair now, yeah, Matt. We do. It's and wide it sounds, open. I'm staring at it. Yeah, it sounds like you've got a lot of time on your hands. I know you talked <laughs> about the kids and all that. Bring but Matt. We got four mics. Bring them in. Exactly. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Well, uh, I could definitely call in more often. Um, you know, maybe I'll get a uh, a mic or a headset, or you guys can plug me in so that it's a clear. It doesn't sound like I'm on a phone all the time. But uh, I'd definitely be up to be on more often. So. You'll have nice. to uh, talk to the the powers that be, but I uh, I could definitely uh, do this more often if if that's something you guys wanted. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. No, as far as I'm concerned, that's a verbally binding legal contract that we now have. <laughs> and uh, Matt, I can tell you this personally. I'll have Mike Ryder send you what we call access units. It's mm-hmm. a computer with a yeah. professional headset, and then we put you on Zoom in here, so you could even like be in the room with us. Kind of. We'll absolutely oh, I- do that. I could uh, could see the uh, the BB gun shots on Anthony every <laughs> Whoa, time. Whoa, hey, wow. Matt, we won last I mean, year. It's accurate. We did win, know, but still. That's no, fair, Matt. It's fair. Yeah. I haven't been. It hasn't been great the last couple of years, but uh, we won nonetheless. <laughs> Matt Matt Holiday joining us right now on the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Uh, Matt, we've got spring training coming up. Just as a, a former former player that played a while, you know, vet, veteran guy. Do you still get the itch during spring training, or is that more like opening day when you can watch those festivities? Did you like spring training, or was it tedious? 
Yeah, I love spring training. Actually, uh, I tell people a lot that that was that was one of my favorite times of the year because um, you know you you get the baseball, you get your teammates, you get the camaraderie, um, and then you get you know nights off at at home. You can have dinner, you can have people over. We used to have the guys over a lot. And, uh, there's a lot of lot of lot of hangout time and nice weather. You can go to the beach, and um, it was it was honestly the, the spring training is is a, is a was a really fun time for our family, and it was a lot of good family time. So I used to look forward to it. You know, a lot of times you're you know a lot of guys are coming from a little colder weather. They can get down there, and it's it's nice outside, and you can do things with your kids. And um, so I, I always really enjoyed it. Um, it's it's obviously not the same adrenaline uh that you get for regular season games and, and when the season starts but as far as uh just kind of a a, a fun time I, I always loved it matt talking about spring training uh, a lot of eyeballs a ton of focus on a young man called jordan walker um yeah look he, he he's yet to even you know take an at bat at the triple a level let alone in the majors but what are realistic expectations for the young man? Because there's some, you know, you've got people here in St. Louis that are like, oh, he's going to he's gonna be the difference maker this year. He's the X mm-hmm. factor in the Cardinals outfield. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't know personally what realistic expectations mm-hmm. are. Well, I, I think the opportunity, obviously, is, is probably the key factor, at least for me, is is how much opportunity is he going to get? You know, what, what kind of at-bats um, is he going to get? Um, so if, I, I think he's got the ability and the talent to, if he, if he just plugged him into right field and said, Hey, we're going to play him 140 games this year. I think, you know, realistically you could, you could expect, you know, 20 to 25 homers and, and, uh, you know, hit I, again, I haven't seen him enough to go. This is what I think he's going to do at the major league level, but based on some of the numbers and some of the things that he's done at the levels, he's done them. Uh, and and the way that he could hit the ball the other way, I think it's it's safe to say that he would he would put up above average statistics in in right field. I just don't know if if uh, you know if if they're ready to just kind of throw him out there for for a full season um, with with some of the returning guys that they have and, and you're trying to figure out where all the at bats are going to come from for for Newbar and Carlson and O'Neill and. Um, you know, what you, do you want to put a young player at DH and, 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 you know, what that all looks like is Gorman going to get a chance to DH. And so I think when you, when you look at the team, if you told me, you know, kind of what his at bats would look like for the season, I think I could give you a, a better guess of what the expectations should be. Um, but I do think at some point this year, he'll have a, a major impact. And I, I think that um, he's got the ability to, to be a, a high end. I mean, I think best case is Rodriguez with the Mariners. I mean, that's, that's, you know, he probably doesn't run quite as well as him, but I, I think as far as home runs and, and production would be like, that'd be like the top end. And then, you know, if he ends up coming up in September and, and uh, showing signs of what he could do uh, next year, I think that's probably the low end. And so, um, you know, I think it, it depends on opportunity and, and it would be, that's, I think that's a fun part to watch here this spring. If we stick in the outfield for a second, uh, no, a healthy Tyler O'Neill, a healthy Dylan Carlson, Lars Newbar looking to continue to take strides in the right direction. Um, I, I shouldn't say a lot is being made of, but it certainly was made up a, a couple of days ago when Tyler O'Neill, you know, basically said he wanted to, you know, compete for center field. What do you make of that? Is, is that something that happens regularly in baseball, where you get a guy that uh, just feels like he wants to try a position again and and you know, do you think he would make a good center fielder? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that happens, you know, I think it happens where guys will say, hey, you know, I think I can play center field. If it best, you know, helps the team for me to play center, I'll, I'll play center. I, I think what you want to hear is I'll play wherever you want me to play. And I think that that's, um, you know, we hear Aaron Judge saying, you know, coming off an MVP season, yeah, I'll play left field. If Stan's, if we're comfortable in right field, I'll play left field, no problem. Um, so I don't know what the motive is. Uh, I don't know if he if he feels more comfortable uh, with angles and, and reading the ball in center field or if, you know, if he thinks that, you know, potentially looking ahead to free agency, that he'd be more valuable if he could play center field. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't know what the motives might be on, on, uh, on, on ver- you know, verbalizing his, his uh, want to, to compete for center field. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think you, you look at that group of outfielders and then it's, it's, it's the organization and, and management and, and Ollie, obviously, to, to make a decision on, who fits best where and what gives us the best chance to win the championship. And I think that, you know, if that's Tyler O'Neill in center field to open up a spot for Walker or, you know, I don't know how that all, you know, if they trade somebody or if, you know, if you end up, um, you know, how, how that, all of those pieces fit in, I, I think is, is you, you want the guys to say, Hey, put me wherever it helps us win. And I think that that's, that's what you're looking for. Last thing for Matt Holiday here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN, and Matt's going to be joining us uh, each and every week now in the fast lane as the baseball season uh, nears. But Matt, going back to the young player, not specifically with Jordan Walker, just and for any young player, you as uh, a player and as a hitting coach, you know, at the collegiate level, when it comes to a young hitter, what's the most challenging aspect of making it at the big league level? And then what is the thing that could can, can help a young player stick offensively? You know, I think the most challenging is, is, um, is one time through the league and then they start to pitch you. They try to, try to expose your holes. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, with all the data and the, and the video that they can, you know, that they're going to pitch you to where, you know, they have all these hot and cold zones and they have, you know, they have these heat maps on, on every player and where they hit. And then in the big leagues, they just can execute those pitches better, and so they're gonna they're gonna you're gonna have to adjust and be able to to hit different pitches in different locations, and um, you know that that part of it I think for a young player is probably the hardest is being able to to uh, to, to close holes and and be able to uh, sort of adjust on the fly. Um, so I, I think that that's you know as a, as a coach, um, you're hoping to 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 stay ahead of the curve so to speak and, and help them recognize where uh, teams are trying to get them out. And then, you know, if you hit the ball out over the plate really well, then you can't chase off the inside corner. If, you, if, they, if they're trying to pound you in, you got to take the balls and, and, and make them, you know, get ahead in the count, and then they have to come, come to you out over the plate. So I think the, the chess game um, uh, of, of what they're trying to do to young hitters, to me, is, is, is the most fun to watch and challenging part. Uh, as you watch young guys like Jordan Walker and, uh, you know, potentially some of these other young guys are going to get opportunities this year. And, uh, you know, guys like Yepes and, and some of these guys that, that, that had some success, um, you know, the league has seen them now. And, and, you know, that sophomore slump, a lot of that's just, you know, they're going to, they're going to pound, uh, you know, the, the place that they struggled with last year. And so um, that's, that's what, you know, I think that you'll see. And, and that's always, you know, the cat and mouse of, of, uh, of uh, making sure you stick to what you're good at, but also, you know, starting to be able to cover what you struggled with and at least get them out of there. You know, if you struggled inside, be able to get them out of there. And if you struggle out over the plate, be able to take some base hits the other way. 
um, so that they just can't live in one spot and, and get you out easily. Dude, it's good to it's good to have you on these airwaves again, man. We missed you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, it's good to talk to you guys, and so I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. We'll talk to you again next week, Matt. All right. All right, guys. All right. Have a great yeah. weekend. Have a See you. That's Matt Holiday here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. I'm looking forward to it, especially with all these young players, especially if 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 and when Jordan Walker breaks breaks camp with the team. Uh, even guys like you know young, younger guys like Alec Burleson or Brandon Donovan in his in his second year. A lot offensively that we can get into with Matt Holiday throughout yeah, the course of the season. Baby. Looking forward to that. Just wait till we send him that access unit. I think we. I didn't mention it to him because I wanted it to, to be a surprise. But I think uh, the three of us actually deliver it, hand deliver it to Matt. We'll just expense it. We'll just go to the house. Yeah, we'll take the trip down there and uh, show our, up. The, and the day we get there, we should do our broadcast live from Matt Holiday's house. Yes. And if he doesn't let us in, we just do it right there on the front lawn. Yeah. He'll let us in. He'll be fine. It'll be great. Here's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. We, the one player that we really haven't talked about or heard from in this whole Blues situation and frustrations boiled over last night is Jordan Cairo. What did Cairo have to say after practice today? You'll hear it next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Guys, one thing I've learned about the Blues is that Kairou contract was a huge mistake. I don't see how you can have him as a core piece on a Stanley Cup winning team. When he doesn't play defense, he's not even as skilled as Ovechkin and Tarasenko offensively. And how many years did we talk about Ovechkin not winning a cup because he doesn't play defense? And Ovechkin has way more compete level, way more offensive skills, and he plays way heavier on the puck, and so does Tarasenko. So you can't even compare Kairou to those guys. Kairou doesn't take care of the puck, he's too soft, and he doesn't compete consistently. So I don't see how you can have that guy on that contract on a Stanley Cup team. That was Rex leaving us a mic drop earlier today when we were talking about the fallout from last night's loss post-game comments, excellent stuff said by Alexei Torpchenko, echoed by Craig Berube, and Berube intensified things when he said that it's not good enough. Some Our best players haven't been good enough, period. What do you think about his, uh, his take on Jordan Cairo, Jamie? I don't think it's uh, 100% accurate, that's for sure. Um, here's the thing about Jordan Cairo, and I'm, I'm – Stalling-ish here for a second, Anthony, because I want to make sure that I can prove my point exactly the way I would like to. So, Jordan Cairo, let's see here. Because he talks about how he's not as talented as Tarasenko and all that stuff. Well, Jordan Cairo has more points in the last two seasons than Vladdy had his first couple of years. Like, if I look at Tarasenko's stats here, his very first year... Um, in St. Louis. He had 19 points in 38 games. Uh, it, it Let's see here. It took it took Vladdy till 2014, 2015, and then he had 73, 74 points. So in, in Vladdy's first three years, he didn't have as many points as Kyrie does in his first three years. So 
So if we're going to... So he's off to a faster start. So if we're going to go that way, let's go that way, mm-hmm. right? And Ovechkin, he learned. He changed, too. Vladdy changed. The version of Vladdy that we had here um, in the last handful of years is a completely different version than what he started out as. Yeah. And we talk about David Perron all the time. Look at the version. Everybody loves David Perron. Now. Well, you didn't when he was 19, 20, 21. You didn't. You loved his offensive skill, but you didn't love his all-around game. Very true. So I'm not ready here to to just say, hey, you know, Jordan Cairo, this is the worst thing ever. It's not. It's not. But what you need is you need to continue to to coach, to teach, to mold this player into ultimately what a complete player looks like. He's 24 years old. He's barely scratching the surface. Like, can you imagine what he might be at 28? What if he's a 110-point guy? Like, now what? He's not. Like, it's not that crazy to think that way. When you do the, when you look at the stats overall, he's got. What's he at? Uh, 54 points already this year in 55 games. Mm-hmm. Last year he had 75 points in 74 games. So if you do over the course of his season, it'll be 83 points in 82 games, and this year he would be at 81 points in 82 games if you if it all works out the way it should. What what the hell are we wanting here? More offense? No, it'd be nice, but defense? Yes. Okay, I get it. But there's times where that guy, I mean, he's a difference maker, and I think I think maybe that's where the frustration lies is that you see what is what it, what the potential is. And then it's not always there, but I, I'm I'm I've learned so much over the course of my hockey lifetime to know better than to right now just be like, but we're done. Mm-hmm. This was bad. No, don't don't do that yet, please. I think as fans, we get frustrated as soon as the two two things happen that lead to frustrations early on in a player's career i think the first thing is somebody like what we're seeing now with jordan Cairo and a situation where a young player is given a big contract and if you want to blame anybody you blame the organization for for giving the player the big contract not the player but i think when the big contract is handed out the expectations automatically go through the roof I think the second situation in which the fan, a fan base gets frustrated over a player, even though they're young and they are still developing, but it seemingly their development is on the fast track, according to fans. That situation occurs when it's a top prospect and they get a little attention or a lot of attention and they haven't done it yet. And the expectation is that they're, you know, Shohei Otani out of the gates, Mike Trout out of the gates, or Sidney Crosby out of the gates. Mm-hmm. Those are the two situations. They either get paid or, in fans' perspective, they get overhyped by the media. It doesn't matter, though. That's the funny thing. It doesn't matter how much a player is being is is, is being paid. Jordan Kyrou's still young and needs to develop more. It doesn't matter where you're drafted necessarily. There's still a development process there. And to kind of indicate that Jordan Cairo is a finished product simply because, again, he got paid would be a mistake. 
ultimately, Rex and whoever's sharing opinions on Jordan Cairo today might might be right. You might be right when it's all said and done. But to again think that the, these these players are finished products, I just I I think we're 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 a little ahead of ourselves. What right. I what I get frustrated with Anthony is people are in such a right now mode in some of these cases and i get it but like we get a text from 314 says you have a good point jamie for sure but be honest does he play with the same compete level as vladdy and ovechkin what was one of the number one complaints about vladimir tarasenko during his time here as a st louis blue not a complete player yeah defensively it wasn't all in defensively. didn't always compete and now we're using him as the measuring stick like, I liked Vladdy, and he was a really good player for the Blues, and he scored 40-plus goals for the Blues. Great job, Vladdy. But you know you didn't compete all the time. You complained at nauseum about where you were put on the power play. You didn't like line mates that you had. Like, if this is the measuring stick, like, what the hell are we doing here? I never said Jordan Cairo is a complete player yet. I, I haven't. But at 24 years old... He's in a very small group of players that is able to produce a point a game. Now you have to learn how to maximize that, how to grow that player into what you ultimately want him to be. Like, it just drives me crazy when people are like right in the now, he's a fraud. I Kairou Z sucks. Really? Really? Look around the league. Find me a 24-year-old that puts up points like that. But he's plus minus. I know. He's a turnover machine. Yes, I know. I understand all of your complaints. Please place them in the complaint jar. Love it. But be realistic, too. If you're going to bring up all of his faults, you have to recognize the good things, too, because they're there. He's one of the fastest skaters in the league. He handles the puck at top speed. There's only a couple of guys in the league that can do that. McDavid, McKinnon, you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody else that skates as fast as Jordan Cairo and handles a puck at top speed. Let's acknowledge that. I also acknowledge from watching him that he has work to do. From a leadership standpoint, uh, from a defensive standpoint, all of the above, he's got work to do. But he's 24 years old, and he's one of your best offensive players. Let's not get carried away about saying, this is the worst thing ever. Let's relax a little bit. Here's Jordan Cairo after practice today. After he was asked uh, about the comments made last night by uh, his teammates, including Alexei Torpchenko and Craig Ruby. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think we all know what's going on right now. You know, it's not going good, and, you know, we all just need to be better. You know, we went through, obviously, a tough week of trades, and, you know, obviously a lot of emotion gets stirred up for that, and, you know, it's kind of tough. But, you know, like I said, we just need to, we just need to dig in now and, and just can't worry about that stuff, and now we just got to go, you know, each game at a time and just put the work in and, you know, just compete out there. And, me and Tom are these guys, we just got to continue to, to work at it. And, you know, we're going to grow and, you know, we're going to get better. And, you know, we do have a lot of passion in here. And, you know, all the boys, we you know we want to win. And, you know, we're going to get back on track. I think I think we're still a great team, to be honest. You know, we have a lot of skilled guys, a lot of hardworking players. And like I said, you know, we just need to dial it in here. And, you know, each guy just got to do what they can do out there. And you know, I think I think we still have a good team. So, Anthony, there's something else that bothers me, okay? As I'm reading these text messages... Let's get into it next here in the Fast Lane, 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
I would say if you didn't know who your players are and you don't understand their personalities, then you shouldn't give them long-term contracts. You shouldn't tie up your money in people who don't want to play the game and just are in it for the money. I'm sorry. I don't like lazy players. That was Janet. And I'll, I'll be honest, uh, I just got the popcorn out there, Marsh. I'm ready to go because Jamie, <laughs> Jamie gave us a sneak peek in the break. It was beautiful. About some things that he was, was upset beautiful. about. And uh, eventually maybe we'll do a podcast so, you know, we can slap the, the, the warning on it for the kids. <laughs> uh, but Jamie, please don't, don't lose the passion that you yeah. exhibited in the break. Uh, something <sighs> really ticked you off. After reading the Air Comfort Service tax line at the end of that segment, uh, well, we're ready. A, a couple of things, Anthony, and we're sticking with Jordan Cairo here. Is the, people go well, the, the contract? They shouldn't have given the contract until he was the finished product. Okay, let's go down that road for a second. Jordan Cairo had one more year as a restricted free agent. Then you were going to lose him this year or next year. Next year would be you're gonna lose him. The Matthew Kachuk thing. To where if if you don't reward me with a long-term contract, oh, that's fine. I'll play out my next year, and then I'm gone. What, what now? Are you going to do that with all your young players? Every talented player that you get, you're going to just, well, we're going to make them until they're perfect. What if they're never perfect? And, and you know, people, all the, the, the Cardinals reference, too. Well, the Cardinals don't just go give out contracts. Okay, fine. But then what happens? The players play out their team control, and they're gone. Or then when the Cardinals do reward people with contracts, like Matt Carpenter, then people are pissed off then. Like, so here's the thing in the NHL right now. The going rate for players like Thomas and Kairou, Clayton Keller, Travis Konechny, all these best players on everybody's teams, these young guys, they get paid before they're perfect. That's just, you have to pay. You're buying what you think could be the finished product. Or you lose the player. What do you, how do you build a team? Mm. If you continuously have turnover every couple of years of all your best young players that you just, well, I'm waiting until they're perfect. And I understand eight years at $8 million a year, that is an obscene amount of money and term. Yes, it is. Look around the league. Go on capfriendly.com. Go visit your favorite 25, 26-year-old player who's putting up a point a game. Go look at their salaries. Go look at their video. Tell me they're a perfect player. Odds are they're not. We got another text that fired me up. Because <clears throat> I said, go find me 24-year-olds that are doing this. One of our texters did. 314, thank you. He says, Done. Clayton Keller, Travis Konechny, Matthew Barzell. Come on, Jamie. There are a lot of guys that can do that. Thank you, 314. You just gave me the best players on all of their own teams. (laughs) Clayton Keller, Anthony, let's do this. Let's play this game right now. Clayton Keller, Anthony, is he the best player on the Coyotes? Yes, he is. All right. Is he um, a fully rounded, defensive-minded, 200-foot player? No, sir. Okay. Travis Konechny. Is he the best player on the Flyers? Yes. Okay. Is he a fully rounded player? Point uh, plus minus, not great. Not great. Okay. Matthew Barzell, he's taking a dip here. But when he was 24, uh, was he a complete player? No. No. These are all the best players on those teams, though. Go look at Clayton Keller's contract. Like, this is my point on all of this. 
and I'm sitting here today t- looking at you, talking to our listeners. I, too, doubt Jordan Cairo. I do. I watch his game. I see the holes in his game. I see when maybe the effort isn't there. I see all of the things that you're texting me all day long. I also see the eight times eight million. And I go, I can't even imagine a contract like that. But I also see all the positive things, too. I see the speed, the stick handling, the shot. I see all of it. And then I look around because, I, you know, I do my homework, Anthony. Crazy thing to do that. Mm. But I go on cap friendly and I look at every single team. And I look at their players and what they're making, how old they are, what their points are, goals, their, their, their chart as far as their Corsi stats, all this stuff. You cannot find the perfect player. One doesn't exist. Sidney Crosby is as close as you can get to the perfect hockey player. He really is. Patrice Bergeron is as close as you can get to the perfect hockey player. Ryan O'Reilly is a version of that, too. I don't put him right there with those guys, but that's a pretty perfectly rounded hockey player. Dude, that's how how rare it is. So for me to, for, to getting fired up today, when people don't even understand it, I am massively critical of Jordan Cairo and his mistakes and his turnovers and all of these things. But the flip side of it, I have to give Doug Armstrong some credit here. You locked up what could potentially be one of the best offensive guys that you've had in the last decade. Could be. Him and Thomas could both be guys that get over 100 points for this franchise in a season. Mm-hmm. You got to take, there's risk in everything. And if Army's going to sit there in the passenger seat, not, not, not be the driver, and let these players do this and watch their contracts expire and lose them, then you'd be mad at Army. Why didn't she extend him? Well, you should have only gave him four years. The player would have said no. Players are taking control of their careers now. And Matthew Kachuk, I love the kid dearly. Dearly. But what he did was genius. He took control of his own career while being a restricted free agent. He kind of carved the path for all of these other young guys now to be able to do that. So the next CBA agreement, we'll see the owners fire back with something that says, well, you can't do that now. Or, uh, there'll be something. But my point is, is that this contract, although you may think it's not worthy of the player right now, you may thank Army. You may buy Army a beer three years from now as Kyrie's putting up 100 points a season and that contract looks like it's a joke, a discount. Those are my feelings, Anthony. <laughs> well said. That's Jamie Rivers. <laughs> I'm Anthony Salter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Hey, if you want to get yelled at by Jamie, you can. 314-399-9646 is the air cover service tax line. We'll get our Sports 6 back next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Answer the question. Answer the question. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Schlafly Beer, the original St. Louis craft brewery. 505, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Before we get to the Air Comfort Service tax line, uh, Jamie Rivers, you had something to say. Yeah, I got a, a great text message from a former teammate, Chris McAlpine, the mule. 
he uh, listening to the show, and uh, he decided to chime in, too. He, got, he knows I'm fired up. He goes, Tim Stutzla, Ottawa, with a big laughy face. <laughs> and I wrote back, I said, yeah, he's one of their best players. And I said, I love you, Mule. He goes, yes, he is. He goes, I'm right there with you, Rivs. So Chris McAlpine, he gets it. Nice. Thanks Player for agent extraordinaire now. Great guy. Question number one. From the 573, is Jordan Cairo like Trey Young in that both have the talent but haven't truly showed it yet? See, I disagree. I think Cairo showed his talent. And I think Trey Young has showed his talent. Yeah, I mean, it, maybe he hasn't shown being a complete player. Maybe that's, yeah. But he's definitely shown his talent. Let's also be able to separate. I mean, the guy's an all-star. Let's, 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 let's separate a couple of things here, too. One, I have long felt that fans have a difficult time and media too i won't just throw fans out there but and, and a lot of media f- members are fans we've had a hard time separating the contract from the production it's 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 easy to say well a player is making this much so he should be the best player in the team yeah i mean theoretically absolutely team would rather have it that way too Whoever we're dishing out the most salary cap space to or the most guaranteed money, we want them to be the most productive. It's easy to say that. It makes it simple, right? One, you know that's not the reality. Two, if you are able to separate the two things, you would understand or you do understand that it's two different games. You're talking about what we see on the ice or the field and what is done in the open market. And the two things in a lot of respects, Jamie, are not correlated. Yes, the production, yes, the 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 promise of a player gets those guys paid. But the bottom line is, I've said I said this uh, this is going to be the second time I say it this week. We're only as we're only worth as much as what we're paid. Whatever somebody's willing to pay you to do whatever you think you're great at or good at. Guess what? That is the amount of money that you're you're worth mm-hmm. whatever anybody's willing to pay you and if jordan Cairo hit, would hit to hit the open market i imagine he'd get a similar deal if jordan Cairo continues on this pace offensively two years from now when he became a free agent he would easily get eight million a year teams look at it and go well that's all right we'll fix him we right. can fix him you just give me those points. The other thing, Jamie, real quick that I think we need to we need to separate here is when a player is young and has talent, we need to separate that from what the finished product could look like. Because championship players are different. Vladimir Tarasenko wasn't a championship player until he played like one in 2019. Talented as hell offensive uh, outside you know star Mm -hmm. but he didn't become a championship player until he's doing a lot of the things that we saw in 2019 let's let's see it let's see it play out here with trey young and and uh jordan kyra plus you know guys look it's a team game it really is and if you look at the roster this year one could argue that the roster wasn't enough you know sometimes some teams will They'll look at the offense and they'll take the offense and, and they'll they'll take the minimal defense because the offense has such high upside. Whereas if you look at this Blues team this year, defense has been, you know, they, right. they have the guys to 
to mask that essentially. If 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 more the if more the Blues roster was playing defensively, and right now there's not a lot of guys playing defensively. Mm-hmm. But if they if more of the roster was playing defensively for the Blues, and I don't just mean just the defensemen, I mean the forwards too. Would you take Jordan Cairo's offensive contributions? You well, might yeah. not you not be thrilled with his his all around game still. But if the, if the team was playing better defensively, and you see, look at Jordan Kyron and say, "Listen, okay, we need more, we need more out of you." But uh, dude, keep going, keep scoring. Yeah, it was just all you got to do is look at last year. Yeah. Okay, the yeah, Blues last year they were able to mask that, and he put up over a point a game for you, and you still noticed his turnovers. You still know it, but you were able to mask it because you had a whole bunch of other guys that were doing good things. It better defense overall as a team last year too right so yeah good call question number two from the 314 why do the blues do everything right and the cards do everything wrong in your eyes well don't i mean look i i get the hostility toward it but what did i do <laughs> I, it's that's that's not the case not the case at all to be honest no in fact a lot of times we get the opposite text we get, why are you guys always bagging on the Cardinals and you don't say anything about your flagship blues? So, I mean, I don't know what to tell you on that one. You're hearing a lot of blues stuff today because of what happened last night. Sorry. It is what it is. This is just, today is literally like last night for the blues. We're going to air it out here. We're going to get it all out in the open. Yeah. And then we're going to start fresh on Monday. Mm-hmm. Just know, listeners, that I love you. Not all may not like you all, but I love you. I mean, how does that work? You don't like them, but you love them? You can uh, like them all. Uh, you you them. can be mad at somebody and still love them. Gotcha. Sweet, Marcy. You'll see. You're just not in love with them. No, you can love them and well, still be mad at them. There's a difference. There is. Yeah, in love versus... Uh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Question number three. From the 314. <laughs> 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 Give me a look. That was outstanding. I think you'll get it, Marcy. Can the Fastlane have a press conference blow up that rips the listeners for low effort? I have often Ooh. thought it would be funny if we did videos, and maybe we still can, but we did videos where we kind of do some like mock press conferences we talked you know? about doing that yeah, yeah jamie and we have i have a nice you know backdrop now and uh, yeah we walk right out of the studio after a show and immediately we're asked <laughs> questions you know like somebody's there and like you know hey anthony uh the your tease at four at four thirty the four thirty segment seemed a little choppy uh, your thoughts <laughs> uh jamie your opinion on the uh jordan Cairo situation seemed a little personal can you expound It'd be pretty funny. It would be really funny. Maybe even a gauntlet post game. Oh boy, that would be good. Yeah. <laughs> that would be funny. Anthony, what the hell were you thinking on the tiebreaker question for Matthew Stafford's career yards? You came up with what? Two hundred and fifty? What were your what were your thoughts there? <laughs> I blew it. I panicked. I panicked. It was panicked. pure panic. I gotta be better. <laughs> uh, one day at a time, we'll get there. <laughs> but no, it was a horse bleep effort out of me today. I'm sorry. Man. No listener should be able to hear that. Uh uh, today, there, James. Thanks. If you would have saw me after yesterday's gauntlet, you were distraught. Yeah, that was bad. That was weird. You were absolutely. You know, distraught. I've, I've been, I've been upset. I guess, like, oh man, like I missed that one. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. I was actually, I was pretty pissed off yesterday. I was pretty mad. You were very upset. That's mm-hmm. okay. You bounce back. That's okay. Question number four. 
Uh, from the 314, how do you see the Cardinals pitchers adjusting to the pitch clock? I see all of them being okay except for Gio. <laughs> Seriously. No, the great, great answer. I don't think they're going to have a problem with it at all. No, Dakota Hudson got sent down last year. He had to adjust to the pitch clock, came back, was much better. Mm-hmm. All the other starters, I think, are, are just fine. They're yeah. right in that window. Yep. Wayno likes to work fast. Michaelis worked fast last year a lot of times. Mm-hmm. The only guy that I really see it impacting to where he's going to have to like change some things is Geo, but he's got all spring training to do that. Yeah. And I, I would be a little concerned with Flaherty just coming off the injury, but it's not like he wants to work slower. It's just he could be somebody that could be impacted. You know, maybe we see some shorter out, outings out of him earlier in the season uh, before he kind of builds up. But other than that, no, I agree with Jamie. Geo's the only one that's going to have an issue potentially. Question number five. From the six three six, what do you guys believe, or what do you guys think of the NHL format? Does it need to change with how good the Eastern Conference is? What does it mean? What do you mean by format? Like, I guess the playoff one, format. Yeah, the playoff format. format. No, no, it's fine. I mean, look at every other year, things change. Like, you've got, you've had powerhouse Western Conference years as well. Um, so, so you, don't, you don't like the one through eight format? I love the one through eight format. Well, it, it's not that anymore. No, it's not. Yeah, that's no. what I'm saying. I guess you know. Well, that, that but that's two different questions because the East is powerful. I get it because the playoff. Right. Like in the one division, you have three. You've got three juggernauts. Well, you've got three Stanley Cup contenders in um, Boston, Toronto, and Tampa. So that's a tough one when you do that. I think that you should always. Um, the playoffs should be the first eight teams. One plays eight and work your way down. And then you reseed after every round. Yeah. That way they're, you know, that way they're the regular season kind of matters too. Agreed. To where if you finish first, you're not playing the third place team. Because mm-hmm. like, that's the way it works out in some of these where uh, you get the first round and then the second round you're playing against. In the last couple of years, it, it's essentially been where you're, the second round has had like your conference final is what it should have been, but they end up playing that team in the second round and it's like, what the hell? Yeah. Question number six. From the 314, are NHL contracts guaranteed? Maybe if uh, maybe if it were an escalating contract that averaged $8 million a year, it probably wouldn't be an issue. I mean, he could have done that, I guess, but Army had a choice too. Army had a choice to go eight, eight times eight. I mean, he could have said, uh, okay, over the next... Eight years, we go four, five, six, seven, eight. We work our way up to it, um, but uh, I don't know. The, and NHL contracts are guaranteed because somebody on here said before, uh, why don't we pay the players per game on their performance? Well, what, what, talk to the NHLPA about that one. Who's going to do that? Yeah, Where's nobody. the job security there? Right. Yeah. So, uh, no, but they're guaranteed contracts. Bonus question here from the three one four: Do you guys ever discuss MLS? Yeah, we, we did, did earlier today. Did earlier today. Yeah, yeah, we did earlier today. So guess where they can find that? On the podcast brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Oh. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. We need. We still need a question for the biggest question of the day. If you want to leave us a mic drop, it's via the 101 ESPN app. How much does spring training matter to certain players? Like who? Who's who's got most at stake this spring? We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. How much does spring training matter to certain players? We know Nolan Arnato and Paul Goldschmidt and Adam Wainwright and Miles Michaelis. I mean, first of all, those guys are going to be playing in the WBC. Second of all, we, we know that outside of kind of tweaking things when it comes to their pitch arsenal or their swing, spring training, it, there's there's nothing on the line for a lot of these veteran players. Even somebody like Wilson Contreras, who needs to get on the same page with a, 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 you know, familiarize himself with a new pitching staff. Yeah, that matters. But in terms of having something on the line, Wilson Contreras doesn't really fit in that either. Who do you think has the most on the line this spring training? Is it and is it Jordan? Is it Jordan Walker because he can? Uh, but I don't know if it's the most. I don't think he has the most on the line. He's a jar, he's a starting job on the line essentially. And he's twenty years old. That's, that's if he's twenty three, twenty four. It's pretty seasoned. If he's twenty three, twenty four, and this is his moment, it's not his moment. If he goes out and takes it, that's gravy. Mm-hmm. If he does the old Albert Pujols and we're not leaving here without him type thing, great. But I don't think this is – I don't think he has the most to lose. Okay, so who does? The most to lose mm-hmm. or the most to prove? Which one was it? What was most, it well, the, the question is how, how much does spring matter to you yeah. know, certain players? Um, I think it matters a lot to Dylan Carlson. I do too. I really I do. I think it's a great one. I feel like people – a lot of people are already like moving on from said player. Like, the, well, if he doesn't, if it, uh, Tyler Neal's better, like oh. this could be. He's playing for his cardinal life, Mike Claiborne said. Well, Jamie, he's 24. I know. Just like Jordan Cairo, if you're not a finished product by 24, then I think you should retire. That's <laughs> just how I feel. So I think Dylan Carlson, uh, if I'm looking broader perspective on this, mm hmm. Like, not just, like, Cardinals. If I'm looking broad perspective, Paul DeYoung. I think Paul DeYoung is a, is a good one, too, because, because he's got to at least carve out a role. He's got to carve out a role, and then he's also got – he also has to prove that he can still play in the majors. Does he want to play beyond? Like, this is last year of his Cardinals contract. Does he want to play again? Well, if he does, then he's got to prove a lot to people. So I feel like spring training – is. There's going to be a lot of eyeballs on Paul DeYoung. Yeah. All the talk of his change of his swing and his leg kick and all this stuff. People, I'm desperately waiting to see his first at-bats and mm-hmm. see what does it look like. So I think I think he's a guy there. I, I think it's a really good one. Now, don't, don't misconstrue what we're saying here. We're not saying that this is a big spring training because Paul DeYoung could be your starting shortstop again. No, that, no, that ship a, has sailed. A broader perspective. Like I, his I, personal career. But people people lose their minds, Jamie, when it comes to oh, Paul DeYoung. You mentioned Paul DeYoung. They, 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 they shut down. They shut off the brain, <laughs> and they just start yelling. Well, we're, what Jamie I and I are saying. that was Jordan Cairo. Well, that too. Uh, when, when it comes to when it comes to Paul DeYoung, though, I think what you said is absolutely right. It, okay, so you, you changed up your swing again. All right, cool, man. Let's see it. Let's see it in spring training. The other thing too, and this is this is a little, it's a, it's a stretch a little bit, but if you were considering trading him. You better root for his ass in spring training. Oh, you better hope he you knocks the cover he, off the ball. Absolutely. Maybe there's an opportunity. For your Cardinals to do something early on. We have seen early season trades before. The Brewers made one of the best ones a couple of years ago in acquiring Willie Adamas from Tampa. 
That was in the first half of the season. That may have been, I don't know if it was April, but it was probably it was May. Early. It was early. They made it. They made a very quick move. So it has happened before. Or at the very least, he looks sharp. He has a good spring training. And you know you have a reliable backup for the bench. Having depth on the bench is more important than we think. Now, if, if he's getting those at-bats and he's struggling, now we got an issue. If he looks like he does offensively this season, like he has over the last couple of years, and Ali Marmel is leaning more on him than guys like Nolan Gorman or Juan Yepes, the fans' frustrations are going to show, and I ain't gonna, I'm not going to blame him. Yeah. But I do think, Jamie, that's a good one in, in DeYoung. I think the whole outfield, quite honestly. The more I, I look at it now, look at Lars Newpar. I think he has a lot to prove. I think Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, Juan Yepes, Alec Yepes Burleson. Is, Yepes and Gorman, are, I think, are, are another another good one. Gorman's a huge one, too. Yeah. Juan Yepes decided not to play for his home country in the WBC. Why? Because he, he knows that he's kind of come to a fork, an early fork in the road for his career. Where where are you going now? Big home run last year in the postseason. Also had burst earlier in the year where he was he, he damn near carried the offense for you know a small stretch of time. Mm-hmm. But he got hurt, he wasn't available, and he kind of got lost in the mix until he hit the home run against the Phillies. So I think, I think Juan Yepes, this spring training is big. I think the other player that you mentioned, Nolan Gorman, what does he do in his development now? What is he got his he got his first taste there, and and uh, Katie Wu I think wrote for the Athletic about the the six things to keep an eye on this spring training, and one of the things that Katie had mentioned was the um, the bat speed of Nolan Gorman, and whether or not. You know he can kind of catch up to that high fastball if he lays off of it. So those those are a couple of players I think Jamie it really does matter this spring training. It's the fast lane on one hundred one ESPN. We got the biggest question of the day next. We're right back to the fast lane podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on one hundred one ESPN. It's time for the fast lane's biggest question of the day. Before we hear the biggest question of the day, if you want to play fade or follow, unfortunately, we need a, a new contestant. So text in fade to the Air Comfort Service tax line at 314-399-9646. Again, text in the word fade if you want to play FanDuel's fade or follow. We've been terrible. Well, we've lost the last two, Marsh. Let's I think not... it's been three. Three in a row? I think so. And that's a streak. E. All right. Well, we snap it today. I like it. Or follow us. Or, I mean, fade us. Then, you, then you're good. Either way, it's, it's up to you. All right, what do we got, Marsh, for the biggest question of the day? Well, we got a uh, compliment earlier today for Steven, who left us a mic drop yesterday from 314. By the way, that was the best question of the day yet. Nice so why job, not Steven. reward Steven with a little back-to-back question of the day? Prompto question of the day. You know, a lot of us have really strong opinions, and I definitely raised my hand. My question is, how long does it generally take for some of these things to get back to players? And how do you think that they react? I know Jamie's probably seen it firsthand. You may have as well, Stalter. But I, I just wonder if some of these guys laugh, they cry, they get pissed. Thanks, guys. 
Uh, it's real. I'll go real quick because Jamie can, Jamie has more insight of this as a former player. I, I the the players that I have talked to, whether it's in this this city, uh, these teams previous in this city or in other cities, they don't listen. They don't. They don't listen to the radio. They don't. You know, read a lot of newspapers. They they check out. They they focus on it. So Jamie, I don't know if that's your experience too, but that's mine. Yeah, overall, you don't listen to the radio shows. But now, you know, back in my day, the newspaper was a thing. And so, you know, guys would bring in the next day the paper to read it in the room, whatever it was, read it in the bathroom, whatever you're doing, doing the crossword. And, you know, of course, there's a sports section. So guys would read it, and you'd see some of the quotes in there. That's kind of where you'd see things like that. Or media members would come up and say, hey, um, here's what Craig Berube just said Mm -hmm. about, you know, you guys and then you'd have to kind of react to it at the time um so yeah there were ways that guys did hear things nowadays like come on you as much as we say the players aren't listening to 101 espn which they should be of course absolutely great knowledge on these airwaves no question but social media they click on anywhere and they see you don't think like all these guys have instagram all of them have instagram they click on that what's the first thing you're seeing from the st louis blues that Sportsnet had audio of Craig Berube. Heck, TSN asked Ryan O'Reilly what he thought of Craig Berube's question. I'm not joking. It's like, so players players are seeing it. So the, the first part of that question of how do players react? If I'm the head coach, I want them angry. I want them to be like, you know what? I'm going to stick it where the sun don't shine on you, buddy. That's what I want, though, Anthony. I want the players to react in a way that is not submissive or pouty. Where you're like, man, he's mad at me. Or I can't believe he said that. No, I want it to be like, you know what, blank you. I'll I'll show show you. I'll show you. Like, that's the reaction I would want if I'm the coach or the GM or even teammates of guys that, you know, maybe didn't play all that great. Marsh, did you say we had a bonus one too? Yeah, I don't know. Marsh's over there laughing to yeah. himself right now. Did Sorry, you, we just got a, a mic gas. drop from Mo. I mean, uh, Ryan. <laughs> oh, um, no. Do I can play, play it right now. Yeah, 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 let's go. Let's party. Give, me, give a, me a second. It, I gotta, it just it's came Friday in. Then, we haven't heard that in a while. Marsh is really slipping. It's Friday, then it's Saturday, Sunday. You got to give me a second on this one. Okay, okay. all right. Uh, you know, Jamie, I think going back to the, the question, too, from Stephen, and thanks for leaving us another mic drop, Stephen. I think that a lot of players nowadays, based on the interviews and stuff that we do or, or when we talk to guys, they kind of hear it from friends and family, too. Hey, do you hear this? You Real hear that? friends and family aren't telling them. I'm oh. telling you right now. If I wow. there was something negative about me, like when I played in Ottawa with mm-hmm. the Senators, they wouldn't bring it up. Yeah. Why would you bring it up? You're doing good, son. You're doing just great. But, Dad, Keep. I've been healthy scratch for 10 games in a row. Yeah, you... But you got a great suit. Yep. Your time's coming. Uh, Coach what? just doesn't know what he has. My time is coming. Yeah. Your ice time. Oh. Okay. So we did get a, uh, like I said, mic drop. And, of course, we love when our listeners... Uh, leave us mic drops. We we're just talking about spring training and certain players. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paul DeYoung got brought up. And, of course, we needed our GM, I mean, uh, Ryan, to, uh, or I'm sorry, the Povo, Ryan, to chime in. And, you know, this is, this is what he had to say. So, yeah, I think I can help provide context to, you know, to, to kind of what you guys are, are speaking about. So, you know, to 
report back on the first like two weeks of spring training you know first the weather has been 85 and up so it's been perfect <laughs> sweater weather for myself but you know i was really able to get granular with with paul the young in our conversations and how to you know one approach his mindset with with criticism right and I even spoke about my personal experience, even on this show. I was like, look, Anthony's been very critical of, of my pitch. And Paul gave me that, that, that O2 confused look that he usually has. Like, why did they just throw me a slider away? You know, that's, that's really when it hit me that, you know, we need to go back to basics with Paul. And one of the big things we've been working on is the entire team. When Paul's got an O2, one, two count, we're yelling at Paul to to watch out for the off speed, and he's responded. And in ten at bats, I'm happy to report back that he's gotten two hits. So he's hitting 200, and I think we would all call that a win if, if Paul can hit 200 on the year. And you know, I just want to applaud myself for not getting a guy like Trey Turner because it's clear that we don't need him. We got Paul DeYoung, right? Oh my need God, him. I need one of those a week. Ryan, one a week, please. That, dude, that's oh incredible. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is so yeah, Give me that, that 3-2 look. Like, why did you just throw me a slider? Oh my like, why did you just throw me that slider oh away? Man. I lost it when he said granular. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to pat myself on the back for not signing Trey Turner because we have Paul DeYoung. <laughs> Sweater weather. <laughs> That was well done. It was really well done. As always. All right. Uh, time for Fader Follow and we'll wrap up the show next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for FanDuel Fade or Follow on the Fast Lane. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Everyone follow us. I'll fade. I'll fade. Money, 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 money. Time to play Fade or Follow in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. <laughs> And Did we, you forget what you were doing there for a second? Well, I almost led with something else. <laughs> well, 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 enlighten me, Anthony. I'll tell you later. Oh, okay, that's not very nice, though. I'll tell. I'll tell you after uh, we we have Rob come on right now for fader follow. What's up, Rob? Not too much. How's it going, fellas? Going well, man. Appreciate you playing. So here's the deal, Rob. Austin FC, St. Louis City SC tomorrow night, seven thirty. It is the first game for City SC, and uh, we're going to go with an over-under play tonight. So this is how it's going to work, Rob. We'll give you our play, and if you agree with us, you say follow, and hopefully it hits. If you disagree with us, you say fade, and then hopefully you still win. And if you do win, whether you fade or follow, you're going to get $50 of FanDuel's money, and you'll be back with us next Friday at the same time. Sound good? Sounds like a plan. All right, so the total tomorrow night in the Austin FC City SC game is two and a half. Jamie, what's your play? Go ahead. Yo, you're doing that. You and I, you and I disagreed we on totally this. We totally disagree on but this. But let's one. go with let's go with yours. Okay. Let's go with your play. Uh, expansion team, uh, you know they're they're a little outmanned at least on paper. We haven't seen the product yet. The total for the game is two and a half. I'm going with the over. 
I think that there's a couple extra goals scored just because of, you know, early franchise breakdown type stuff. So I, I would go with the over on this game. So, Rob, our official play here in the fast lane is over two and a half goals tomorrow night in the Austin FC City SC game. Would you like to fade us, which means that you're taking the under two and a half, or follow us and take take the over two and a half? I'm going to go ahead and follow you and give a special shout-out to my little cousin, Miguel Perez, who's actually on the uh, FC roster made it this week. Oh, congratulations. Nice. Very cool. All right, well, great. Oh, yeah, I saw you signed a contract this week. Yeah, one of the homegrown kids. Yeah. Very cool. All right, well, good. I'm glad we chose that game. So enjoy it then. Enjoy the game. And uh, hopefully, again, Rob will have a chance to talk to you again next week. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks. Thanks to Rob. All right, so over two That's and a half awesome. for Rob. Yeah, that is very uh, cool. Homegrown kid, part of the SC program. He signed his contract this week. Very cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Why are we going with the over again? Well, Jamie and I disagreed, and some, sometimes, sometimes we take my my pick. Sometimes yeah. we go with uh, Jamie. Sometimes we go with yours. Mm. And you guys both actually like the over. No, I was I like the under. Oh, you did? Yeah, city. I thought you said over. No. I thought we were going majority rules on that. I thought we were going to have a a very defensive game (laughs) and City was going to win. That's what I said. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see a defensive game, unfortunately. I think that uh, they're going to want to be defensive. I think that that's an established team that they're playing in Austin. That's what they're they're predicted with their eighth-ranked team already before the season starts. Like, that's a good team. Eighth ranked. That's not very good. Well, there's 25 teams, I think, in oh, the league. Oh, that's pretty good then, yeah. So, or there might be more, actually. But with uh, any expansion franchise, you're looking at – so let's look at the Battlehawks. You know, their offense has taken a while to kind of – they're 2-0, and oh, I understand. But let's look – okay, Anthony, let's look at the XFL then, okay? Expansion team, they haven't had a whole ton of time to practice. There's flaws in the game. I look at, I look at S – SC and I'm like, eh, you know what? Maybe there's going to be some mistakes made. Not because they're not trying or not working hard, mm-hmm. but that's an established team that probably has a pretty good game plan put together. I just think we see some goals. That's all. All right, fair enough. I don't know why you don't see perfection in two and zero, but hey, you know, to each their own. I ain't talking about that anymore. Two and zero, two and zero, two and zero, two and. I don't appreciate you. I'm not- giving you the Marshy effort. Uh, I- mm. Oh <laughs> wow. That's twice today. Speaking of 2-0, and o, you're 0 for 2 on that, Anthony. I guess so. Man, if you're wondering what Jamie's talking about, download the podcast. Available after the show, 101 ESPN, or your 101 ESPN mobile app. It's all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Appreciate everybody listening today. And let me, uh, I wasn't going to address this on air, but but hey, why not? Oh, We're an open book here in the fast lane, aren't we, guys? I, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. We have received some text from fans that were crying, uh, expressing interest about, you know, us talking more soccer, talking more City SC. Why aren't you guys talking more, big game and all that? I'm going to be honest with everybody right now, okay? I'm going to be honest. You wouldn't like me talking a lot of soccer. You wouldn't, appreci- you wouldn't appreciate it because I don't appreciate your game yet, okay? I know you love your game. I know you're into it. Uh, when I watch it, I, I couldn't tell you what the hell I was watching outside of everybody running around, and then I pay attention to when somebody might score. That's it. I don't appreciate your game yet. I'm going to learn it. And therefore, we're going to have people on each week as our City SC insiders. Okay? Jamie, his daughter's a hell of a soccer player. Mm -hmm. 
So Jamie's more familiar with the game than I am. But I'm being honest with you right now. I don't appreciate your game yet. So we'll have we'll I think have you should word on. that differently. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know if you don't appreciate it. I think you don't you don't you don't have knowledge you don't, yeah. of it. Like because when you say Fully I don't appreciate understand. your game, it sounds like yeah. I don't like your game. And I don't like your attitude when you say it that way. It makes me want to choke trying just a to little say. bit. Like, not till you're passing out, but just a little bit. You I don't, don't fully appreciate it yet. Not, I don't appreciate it. You just don't fully appreciate it. That's yeah. what I say. Yeah, See how I don't, I I don't fully appreciate words. it yet. There you go. But, but you said it differently. You said you know? it way bad. Like, I don't appreciate your game. Like, that just sounds like I don't, a little pompous, to be right, honest. I don't love your game like you do. Yet. Is that better? That's, it's in the right direction, anyways. Okay. What I'm saying is, you have a whole bucket full of love for soccer. I don't. That's not yeah. any better. But I'll get there. Yeah. What? What the hell's wrong with you? This is, I a, do, this is a good thing. This is the first game coming up in franchise I'm history. I'm excited for it. I don't feel like you are. I just don't know what I'm looking at yet, Jamie. And I'm being very honest. And honestly, I feel judged right now. I feel judged. Okay? What I'm trying to say is, we'll have somebody on that can help me and uh, get you the soccer news that you want in your ear hole. That's all I'm saying. Anthony, I don't fully appreciate well, your put honesty. Put it in your ear hole. Each and every week here in the fast lane. That's that's what I'm saying, Jamie. Probably I mean, more than once. We're going to talk about it yeah, several times. No doubt. Are we good now, Jamie? I don't know. Okay. I don't, I don't appreciate your face <laughs> yet. Well. <laughs> Get used to it. Get used to it, Jamie. There's still time. All right, Marsh. What do you got for criticisms and compliments? Uh, Yeah. We have a text from the 615. Do you think Mo has been told about Ryan? Mm. If not, he should be. Mm. He should be aware, but mm-hmm. probably not, no. He should be aware or beware? Uh, Both. Sh- Both. <laughs> 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 well said there, Marsh. Yes, and Jamie. From the 314. Only thing I had figured out at 23 was the quickest route to the 3 a.m. bars when the 1 a.m. bars close. And that is in reference to us just saying, you know what? Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, they're young players. They're young They still have time to figure it out. That's right. Yep. At 23 years old, I mean, come on. What were you doing at 23? Repoing cars in Detroit. That seems like a safe pastime. (laughs) <laughs> I was in Detroit. I was I was repoing cars in Detroit at 23 years old. Anthony calls him repoing, although he didn't actually work for a company. He just ran around <laughs> stealing cars. <laughs> wow, I that's the last time I'm sharing anything with you in confidence. <laughs> what happened to being an open book? I I was with Jamie. <laughs> I didn't expect him to be the open book. But yeah, uh, no, I mean, yeah, the, if you think, J- Jamie phrased it well earlier. If if you think about what you were doing at 23, you were, you were hardly a finished product at that point. So even though Jordan Cairo got paid a bunch of money because the mark, that's what the market dictates, yeah. he's not a finished product yet either. Nope. Anthony, you mentioned, uh, you know, people and how much they're worth. Uh, one of our textures felt like that they were worthless because, <laughs> whoa, you said that on the radio what what do you mean i don't know, you know i don't people remember pay exactly. you what you're worth 
Yeah, you, ta- are, are, you're only as you're only worth as much as what somebody's willing to pay you. So there's if, a lot of truth. So in Anthony, those. what yeah. you're saying then is if somebody is not for whatever reason, let's say they don't get paid a lot of money for yeah. what they do, their profession. That's correct. You're telling me they're worthless. Well, you said not a lot. Worthless would be nothing. Okay, so you're, you're telling me what? Like just because certain professions maybe don't pay as much, they're not as good. <laughs> Boy, that's a that was a mental gymnastic there. Like, what no. are we saying here? I'm saying exactly what I said. If Jordan Cairo is making eight million dollars per Cairo. year, that's how much he's worth. Hmm. If you're happy with that. I didn't make a lot of money repoing cars. I wasn't I wasn't the best repo man out there. You know, Anthony, this next text plays right into what you're saying. From the 636, come on, Anthony. Tell these people to go blank themselves. You're allowed to have your own damn opinion. Thank you. Love, Mark. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate you. <laughs> oh, you appreciate him? You know, what, you know what, Jamie? There's too many. There's too many people that, you know, that, that I just, I won't work. I won't do anything. And... I, I should just make a bunch of money. If that's how you feel, that's not my America. All right? So wor- you should work hard. Yeah. And if you don't Put get paid in the effort. And if you don't get paid a lot, you're worthless. Climb that ladder. Achieve something. Strive for more. Oh my god. Are we almost done here, That's Marshall? my America. Friday, then. Yeah, oh, here we go. There we go. Perfect timing on that. Enjoy your weekend. I hope I never see that dance move ever again. <laughs> mine? Yeah. Marsh, mine? Huh? I mean, look at me, look me in the face and tell me you were saying <laughs> that you don't want to see the dance move that you I looked like just a rock'em sock'em robot. You damn right I did. I felt the fact that you took your pants off was a little excessive, <laughs> but it's too much. Whatever. Okay. Who wears tearaways anyway? Well. You never know when that song's going to come on. Everybody have a great weekend. Game. For Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. See you. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.